Welcome. This is Stan Lee of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you. Your classmates, your friends, you never know which one of them may be terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. Mutants. I hate them. It has come to my attention that you have a mutant power. He's a mutant, a stinking mutant. He doesn't deserve to live on the same planet as normal, decent human beings. Get away from me, beast. Don't you remember what it was like when you first discovered you were a mutant? Magneto, Professor X. The X-Men. Welcome to my island. See the palm trees waving the wind. Welcome to my island. Hope you like me. enough we weren't invited to the main event for some reason it might be the hellions flag that's flowing in the wind outside of the loud council's domicile on krakoa luckily enough i'm friends with glob so this week the loud council finds themselves hung over in a dimly lit booth near the back of the red lagoon wearing a stunning ensemble sits holly shielding her eyes behind psychic shades to her left is Janosch, whose crown, made to resemble Roger Ebert's haircut, is barely managing to still be on his head. Kiwi lays face first on a platter of fresh-off-the-vine bagel bites, and hi, I'm Nick. I've managed to get cocktail sauce, glitter, and loads of other things on each one of my fins, feathers, and leaves. This is Hated and Feared, and this week we'll be covering the Hellfire Gala and the Mutant Massacre. That was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, when you turn the page, I'm suddenly uh, in my full evil robot outfit throwing knives. No! And then I, then, I go, then I go right back to my normal outfit on the next page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you can... I, I'm, I'm suddenly changing between, like, five different art styles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really... Some, some better than others. It is. The art is all, like, it's all great. It's all gorgeous art. Uh, weirdly, and, and I, I'm, I wasn't bothered by the art style changes for most of it. Weirdly, the one that is the most distracting is when Pepe Laras comes in. Because his style is just so recognizable. And the coloring is just so different between these two pages. While they take place like on the same like when it when it switches between art styles and it's in different locations, that's that's no problem. But in this one, it's like at the same scene, but suddenly the coloring is like so much more dim. Yeah, there were a couple yeah. of times where that confused, like the the art changes confused me about the story genuinely. Yeah. Like um, when uh, Jumbo was making out with his island hubby. Um, the, in that page, the previous one, he doesn't have hair, and then he's wearing, like, a wig in the next one. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's Jumbo, right? What happened? Where'd the hair come from? And then I thought the random human that got stabbed was, uh, Forge. Um, 
Oh yeah. And they just forgotten to draw his. They just give him no hair. The new artists have just decided <laughs> he was bald because like they they'd done the same thing to the the like one page of gods the like preview or whatever that's in there as well where it's just like this one page is just um it's valerio sheedy isn't it yeah yeah or, yeah and it's just stands out and is immediately gone past and doesn't matter to the story and it just i mean it looked great but it really yes kitty out. is the other one like in the similar category is Pepularas that like those are the two artists i uh will immediately recognize phil noto would also be that category like it would have been very distressing to get to get a few phil noto pages uh he did the cover so uh you know we still we still got him to draw these beautiful outfits um Mm. a lot of cleavage for emma and uh gene yeah an astronomical amount of cleavage i would say there's like a huge side boob on um on Raven in like one of these pages where she also <laughs> poses with her ass out. Yeah. There. You know, we can't expect all of these men to heal themselves in a day, you know? <laughs> or do we wanna just glaze over new mutants quick? Um it was the last issue was good, wrapped up the story well. I thought Cerebella's story ending was great. That's all I have to say about New Mutant New Mutants Lethal Legion. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was like yeah. the, it was cute. Them all having a nice uh, like party at the end, and you know the idea of making Krakoa more welcoming in all the different ways it can be. Uh, don't know how that's gonna go now, but you know <laughs> it was a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's there's not much sort of leading into larger stuff there. It's just it was a fairly self-contained story. So, do we just want to go quickly through Red? Let's and just Wolverine, let's just go quickly through, and the then we'll just that, focus so... on the Hellfire Gallery yeah. for the most part. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was. I don't think there's a lot to. See. Yeah, like... I'm like bouncing between uh, Kiwi's dock and Holly's. Um, uh, plot synopsis for our episode pre precog plot synopsis i forgot the term for an agenda (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah thoughts on x-men red and thoughts on wolverine before we get into the real the real gooey good shit both both pretty good (laughs) yeah yeah for red it's uh like fun to have the parallel of people getting teleported away from danger at the end to form a resistance <laughs> in both Hellfire Gala and Red. Um, and the bits of Sobinar looking really sad are very funny and cute. He's oh, like, yeah. he's so sad. It's so well drawn. He's just a poor little confused guy. Um, yeah, he truly is. Iron Fire's still pretty cool. It was super wordy, but I understand why it was. It's like they're doing their own mini Hellfire Gala just in that issue for what's going on on uh, Krakoa, um, or what's going on on Racco. You know the the like manifold is the key stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think Lectuka being the person who at the end there, who is you know manifolds 
older sister, I think is how she, or she calls Manifold younger brother because they have mm. very similar powers. They both talk to the universe and the universe listens. Um, I think it's interesting that she completely changes the shape of everything on Arako by doing that. Um, while still being kind of seemingly kind of neutral or kind of above it. Like she, what happens here won't change the stars. So she doesn't really care um, to some degree. But it's also a really radical act that changes like their entire society by like forcing other people to run away from the fight. You know, that is something you do not do on Arako. But it's also, I feel like she's kind of blunted by being, having awareness of everyone, sort of, as we saw in the, the like, um, what you call it, uh, Judgment Day, like, crossover stuff. She sort of sees everyone's view and stuff. So I kind of wonder if Manifold is a key because he is p powerful in a very similar way and... Like Genesis didn't want to fight her, didn't wasn't wasn't up for that. Um but he is more connected to or is less uh, sort of cosmically aware and therefore disconnected. I'm not sure if but it's just uh seeing her have such a big role there kinda of made me wonder if that might be where something to do with why Manifold is presumed is said is going to be a big deal later we'll see um good call I yeah i think so um and then any thoughts on wolverine um i wish beast had died <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but now he gets but... to be like i was right i'm justified and he he's gonna be even worse because yeah he was it's um yeah my thought on Wolverine is, like, I think it was a really good issue. It was good Wolverine stuff in this Wolverine run. Um, it's nice that X-Force is here as well. One of their little crossover things. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I wish a plot would end at some point in, <laughs> in the, the, <laughs> the thing sometimes. I, th I think it's, it's a good plot, and it's a good plot to keep going, because it can just sort of keep escalating with Beast doing more and more heinous things. But, um, but man, I wanted to see him decapitated by Wolverine or something, you know? Yeah, I I have to assume that Beast's end is gonna be in X-Force and not in Wolverine. Uh, yeah. Like, I think this issue was kind of, because it ended up with Wolverine being, like, done with Krakoa, and mm. I, I have to assume it means that you know, he's gonna get a bit of his own story that is like detached from the X Force stuff, and uh, Beast is like obviously also tied to X Force. So I've been trying to look. They're gonna have to. Take I've, been down. I've been trying to look at Wolverine and X Force together as like a novel since like you guys pointed out to me Benjamin Percy's a novelist. Yeah. Um, and I've been like reading a lot the last few weeks just about like generic plot structure shit, just so I can like get better at writing myself. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I think what we're seeing is like in the like 
all too specific terms that people get into when trying to figure out plots of things is we're seeing uh like the false victory like the last major plot point before the actual climax in beast story because it does seem like everybody came together to defeat him how is he gonna get out of this one he's literally like his entire torso is torn open he's bleeding (laughs) um and we're probably gonna find him like hiding out in the summer's house on the moon uh <laughs> uh but yeah so i think this is like the false victory before we see some sort of fall on x-force or wolverine's part and they will have to do some sort of redemptive thing or building themselves up or whatever it is before taking on beast and finally getting him what's his or it just moves on to whoever the next writer is in this world of like never-ending character arcs for these characters yeah yeah Yeah, i feel feel like percy definitely has to i i like either end the beast or at least you know bring like a major get him to a major turning point himself the same way as you're gonna have to end the uh, colossus plot himself um, but it has, like, you know, as Holly has said, it would be good to see an end to something. Like, it has been stretched out. You kind of see more of Colossus's story in the most recent X Force issue, too, because yeah. um, when they come back to the present, there is, like, a little moment where Colossus is, like, under control again and, like, he's back in it. Um, but I think. I don't know. I'm I'm very curious about where this is going, and I'm curious about how the other shit that just happened interacts with all of that. Like, did they travel right. back in time just after the Hellfire Gala? Because none of those characters are at the confrontation with Beast. Yeah, and I, none of those characters, none of the X Force characters show up in the actual Hellfire Gala issue, right? Like, no, well, Wolverine none of them are shows there. up Wolverine's for, uh, the only for one. a second, but yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. Wolverine it's gonna in be... unspecified place killing yeah. a bunch of Orcus people. Mm. I, I think I think X Force. Uh, what's gonna be interesting about X Force uh, and Wolverine is that like up to this point, it was like especially like in uh, Dawn of X, where uh, everything was like happy on Krakoa, right? Like it was uh, it was about this like utopia, and X Force was always the issue where like the grim stuff was happening. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting now that like everything is grim <laughs> uh, how it's gonna work in that way uh, so do we want to talk about the big last, last thing about Wolverine or... is that I thought it was pretty funny how the uh, Wolverine clones all were just saying bub bub kill kill <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that was a good a, joke it's a good little joke <laughs> my, my last thing is um, I, I liked the line about um beast being a beast that that pretends to be like polite the lead of polite society whatever that quote is i don't have it in front of me um and literally on that panel the like beast lower beast that's posing as the big beast is has got an umbrella being held by one of his clones to keep him dry from the rain and it's just like that's such a nice touch an umbrella that looks like it's made out of skin or something like it looks gross i don't know if it's actually meant to be but it's like I, I. It's made out of Wolverine skin. That. <laughs> Maybe. Um. Yeah, I I don't have much to, or to say about it. Really, it was like 
Keely, would you like to read the uh, synopsis that you wrote? Yeah. Um, it's not going to... There's there's stuff left out a little bit here, but hopefully it covers yeah, the important kind of stuff. Yeah, we can kind of go through it beat by beat after that. Like, I think this issue is worth like discussing like all the individual moments. Uh, yeah, maybe I like the, good the breakdown the plot thing, yeah. Holly has, but just to have the first summary. Um, Hellfire Gala 2023, uh, written by Jerry Duggan, has art by, like, seven or eight different artists Just, I didn't want to write down the whole list um, uh, Kamala Khan is revived as a mutant and asked to publicly reveal it for good PR she's unsure but goes to the gala and meets Rasputin 4 and Xavier uh, Cyclops leaves because of an attack on the treehouse and the Avengers leave to deal with an attack in DC everyone who is in the fan vote is elected to the new X-Men team but they're immediately attacked and killed by Nimrod well Juggernaut survives, I should have. But uh, Stark Sentinels and the rest of the various Orcus forces arrive and attack before giving an ultimatum. Mutants must leave Earth or the Krakoan medicine will be used to kill humans. Xavier forces most of the mutants through the gates, but some are able to resist because of the mimetic Red Triangle defense and are teleported away by Lord Chantel, who is killed uh, as she is teleporting them away. Firestar is retroactively made a mole in Orcus by Jean altering the memories of Dr. Stasis. Uh, Charles is rescued by Rogue and believes that all of the mutants sent through the gates are dead. Uh, he's left on Krakoa. Kate is the only one who can now use the gates in a little post, uh, post-credits stinger, kind of. Uh, and then I have a list of all of the mutants that I... That, or the people that are part of the mutant resistance, but we'll maybe leave that till the end because it's a lot of people, actually. It's more than it's I thought it was. It's a list of names, yeah. I think we can yeah, discuss, like, who gets what to do. I uh, think there's some pretty interesting names there. Yeah. But, it's but uh, it's the sure. biggest challenge when summarizing any of this shit is to keep it from just being a list of names, and I think you did a good job just now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think the biggest success of this is just like I think we were all surprised at how brutal it was like I, yeah. I think I think what we expected Fall of X to be is like Fall of X to be the actual fall right and here this issue was basically the fall of X like they're they're completely fallen at this point yeah it's it's not like a it's not like a slow roll down a hill they've been dropped off a cliff Yes. Like, that's what the fall is. Something to keep in <laughs> mind as well with uh, the Jerry Duggan uh, interview that he did on Cerebro, which we've all listened to, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yes. Y- yeah. Um, is He says at one point, like, it's it's the fall of Professor X, you know? And I think that's a big thing throughout it. But it's definitely the fall of fucking everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's kind of another, like, for the moment, another decimation where we're down to, you know, single-digit mutants on Earth, maybe. I don't know if that's actually true. We'll see where where everyone who went through the gates actually ended up, but it's kind of... The implication is definitely... At least double digits, because single digits would be less than nine. Oh, sorry, sorry, I meant double digits, (laughs) yeah, I'm... 
I was thinking below 100 with single digits for some reason. Yeah. It's it's the people that could resist slash the resist getting spread to them through like Emma's psychic abilities, um, and then people that were too far away from the gates to get through it before things they got shot. Yeah, that's who's left essentially. But before Presumably, all of them, yeah, the before exiles. all of that, well, yeah, yeah, sorry, before yeah. that, we get one new one. <laughs> we get a the new mutant, the new mutant. <laughs> This is Ms. this Miss Marvel stuff at the beginning. It just doesn't. How do I put it? Like it just you can just really feel that this was uh, kind of rushed through editorial. You know what I mean? Like I think I think this should have happened at a different Hellfire Gala. If if you want to make her a mutant, don't make it at the beginning of the issue that is like a, a, a genuinely huge status quo change, because. It's just gonna be so overshadowed by everything. We all know why it's happening now, but I do want to say, uh, going forward, we're not gonna talk about the MCU until the strike's over. <laughs> well, we can't talk. <laughs> we can't talk about it. We can't promote it. Like that's true. We do mostly just rag on it. <laughs> so right. <laughs> like <laughs> I also think um, we don't have enough listeners that it would like genuinely yeah, affect anything. Yeah, it's, it's mostly for personal reasons because like i see oh, myself yeah. as potentially like sense, yeah. the animation guild more than anything like i don't plan on joining the wga or sag but yeah. like the animation people are like all up in those protests I, and so you're I the only one of us of who yeah. uh, lives in america yeah uh, that too so <laughs> yeah. the rest of us can do whatever we want yeah you guys can say whatever you want i might just start bleeping it though if i think it's gonna hurt my career <laughs> Um, I do want to point out something not serious before we move forward on this page, and thankfully I have a magnifying class, so I can hopefully show it all to you guys. Um, if you look very closely on Scott's crotch on Uh the first, on that first page, or the third page of this comic, um, you can see a highlight exactly where his that would be, and I just noticed that, and I think that's really interesting. Um, and should have been set on air. So now we can move on. He's standing <laughs> behind Emma in this. Uh, it's in hard this page. to tell. I think this is the the weakest art of the issue. I'm yeah, not sure who this too. Is. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The opening page looks so goofy. <laughs> I, I like that though. They're they're just having a little swing on the tree heads. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's like done? this is part of the issue, right? Like this. The first page, they immediately talk through, like, it. this first page happened, like, before the death of Kamala, where they're Ten like, well, ago. when can we reveal this? Yeah, and then on the next page, she gets resurrected uh, as a mutant. Um, Hope, first thing Hope tells her is, by the way, you're a mutant and an inhuman too, just so that, that there's no confusion, and yes, that's weird, we don't understand how. Uh... Then she asks, oh, did I come out of this egg? And then Emma tells her she should come out publicly, and she's like, I don't think so. And that's basically the whole, like, prologue here. So it just gets rushed through so fast. It was kind of confusing to me that this is immediately before the Hellfire. Like, she she walks she off with jumped clothes, and then, like, an hour later is in the Hellfire Gala, I think? Is that yeah. what it's meant to read? And that just feels really, like... That's that's too quick or something. It she feels just very came abrupt. back to life. 
they should have made this its own book. These three pages should have been like the fifth yeah. Fall of X book. You know, it should have been called Fall of X, The New Mutant. Or like the first volume of, I don't know. Like, I think the problem is really the, the timing thing. Like if it had been like a regular Hellfire Gala, you could have fitted it like as a post-credit scene or I don't know you could have fitted it in like it just doesn't fit with the tone of the rest of the book and it feels so like just like the whole death of Kamala it feels incredibly rushed um I I do like the bits of like her talking to Rasputin 4 and Xavier they're very like one of my favorite things is when other heroes talk about how good Spider-Man is (laughs) <laughs> which is a very like Miss Marvel is another one who sort of gets that you know she's the best of us or whatever and then you know Charles going over to personally welcome her and Rasputin for being like oh you were one of my heroes I didn't even know like that's that's fun to me yeah it's um, very funny to make that about the like down to earth type characters right like Peter Parker and uh, and Kamala who are like the uh, they're 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 not like Emma Frost or like not like characters who have like huge egos or something like they're the more like down to earth type heroes. Um, I have one more comment on the art, which is that unfortunately it doesn't make Kamala look very much like Kamala. <laughs> um, like yeah. she looks, she she, it doesn't quite nail what she looks like, which is um unfortunate yeah when you're reintroducing her to be directly harsh to this artist for a second it looks like you he drew a white man's a white woman's face with brown skin like yeah i I like that's the harshest criticism i can give here i think um but like honestly even like the jumbo drawing it's like there's a lot going on there that like half page jumbo spread Mm-hmm. Um and that drawing's not great either, unfortunately. Like it's a great pose. It like there's so many interesting things about this art, but then like I think something gets lost in either the coloring or the line work where the details are not popping the way they should on the page. Look and at I this don't... Emma here. What's with her face <laughs> in this one? I think like, Emma Emma doesn't look like Emma, and that's a hard no. thing to do. I think part of it too is like like. I wonder how much communication there is going on between the pencilers and the inkers and the colorers on like yeah. this issue because this issue was made across a long period of time with so many people that like some of that stuff might have just got lost in the cracks because like there's there is like that famous example I can't remember his name right now but there's an inker who worked under um Jack Kirby on the Fantastic 4 who everyone hates because they attribute him to ruining Jack Kirby's art. <laughs> and so, like, I, I'm not trying... Like, what I'm getting at, I guess, is, is like, there are more than one artist on the page here, and things can get lost there. And so I think, like, art being bad from time to time is understandable because of oh, that. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, like, a huge 80-issue thing that has, you know, dozens of people involved in creating it, like stuff's gonna get messy some places yeah i'm more Um, willing to excuse it here than i am in like a series with an artist and inkers and colors that are like more consistent from from book to book because there's like 90 fucking people that worked on this book 
this is a TV show episode. Um, it also speaks to the uh, theory um, that that the Miss Marvel stuff may have been a little rushed. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, um, that's gonna come down on the artists more I mean, than they anyone. Kind of, usually, I, I feel. I feel like Jerry Duggan, like on the on the Cerebro interview, obviously, like couldn't have said, yeah, they they rushed it on me. But, like, he mm. kind of, like, alluded to how it was, yeah, it was, like, planned from, like, when Miss Marvel was created, like, Jewelo Wilson wanted to make her a mutant, but uh, they were, like, pushing the Inhumans back then. Uh, and then they were, like, with the MCU stuff, they were, like, maybe we can make her a, human, a mutant now, and then they were, like, oh, well, the gala is coming up. And also, she is currently in Zeb's Spider-Man run, so why don't we kill her off in that one and resurrect her in this one? So that might explain why, like, both her, like, death was, like, the other nonsensical. Like he, he said was, like, it should have been, like, three weeks. It should have been, like, she died, the fallen friend issue the next week, and then, like, Hellfire Gala the next week. Mm-hmm. I think if if it had actually been like that, it would have worked better because it wouldn't have felt like... Yeah. We were waiting two months going, yeah, okay, she's going to be back in two months. Like, just hurry up and do it. Like, um... I'm about to bleep a word, I'm going to say. But the reason it had to be so quick is because her show is airing. Magneto! Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's probably. why. Yeah, that's why they I'm made just it gonna this. I'm going to bleep out. Magneto! <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, uh, another thing in this bit, I I kind of hate Emma just being like, I'll just erase your parents' like memory of your death and like rewrite everyone who knows you, which isn't doesn't end up happening, I assume. Oh, definitely but not. It they feels don't have time. very gross yes. to just be like, I'll just undo all of this yeah. trauma instantly. It is kind of alluding to the gross psychic misconduct that happens later in the book, though, I think. Like, it it should be coming from Charles. This line should be coming from Charles. I mean, and I, not don't from even, Emma. I don't even think it's, like, out of character from Emma. Who no, is, it's like... not, but I think it would be better uh, foreshadowing if it I came think from it is Charles. a bit gross <laughs> in, like, the real world context of like Marvel killing off its most prominent like Muslim character and then like erasing everyone's memories or like altering it like me like I think in that context it's a bit weird well and I have seen criticism uh for the way they like depict Kamala here specifically in regards to her faith and that like because in Islamic practices like women are so pushed to dress conservatively like uh, some readers were saying that they they wouldn't believe that she would be like as casual and comfortable as she is but i don't think she's casual or comfortable in this scene until like no she does that little half smile at the very end um when she's talking to scott who like she has a long held deep relationship with so yeah the the scott and miss marvel stuff is cute i like them being friends across time like it's one of those uh, all the weird time travel stuff sometimes it leads to really fun stuff like this that they're you know it's it's been t- 20 years for him or something but it's been like a year for her since they were besties and mm-hmm. it's just like this weird oh we're we're still friends like we're still 
like each other, but there's just a massive gap, like a difference in experience between us now that like, I just can't, there's nothing that can be done about it or anything. It's just a sort of wrinkle in their relationship. It reminded me of being in college when you're, you're friends with like a grad student, but then suddenly the grad student is teaching a class you're in. <laughs> that's it. I think that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. moving on from Miss Marvel because we can the last talk thing. about her. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just like looking at this page and like the final line of the cold open of this Hellfire yeah. Gala issue is, "Wait, do I have a mutant? Like, what if my embiggening is my hu- inhuman side? Do I have a mutant power?" Which I feel like is not a good like cold open ending, like for an issue that is about something else like that that sounds like something that should be like an end of an issue tease in like a different thing if it had worked out differently you know it's yeah. uh it's because it, it doesn't get it doesn't get revealed in this issue what amusement power is so it's uh yeah she just has like charles says we we can help you figure it out maybe i guess and that's kind of it which is which is obviously that'll be what everybody <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what like part of the the story will be is her figuring out her own mutant stuff as well, um, and like I think the setup for her uh, new series is cool now that she is sort of you know going back home, coming back to life, and also trying to figure out being a mutant while also hiding that fact from Orcus, who are presumably on on the lookout. Um, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> it's a good setup for her series. It feels wildly out of place here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes, yeah. I mean, I was also thinking, like, imagine, like, in, like, five to ten years, once, like, Miss Marvel being a mutant has, like, become you know, the commonly accepted status quo and someone is going to be like, well, I want to I wanna get into Miss Marvel and just start from the point where she became a mutant because that <laughs> seems like a natural starting point. Then they have to read the Hellfire Gala, like a completely unrelated story, like as the opening thing. <laughs> her solo yeah. series are really good, though. So if anyone listening is like curious about her stuff, I think it's worth going back to reading like her old solo stuff when she first came out and then like also her stuff with the champions i really enjoyed when i read yeah yeah miss marvel's it's, it's good great. um okay into the hellfire gala proper yes we get the the title page with all the artists names on them and the characters that are important for this week which they could have added a thousand more to uh, <laughs> talon and sink sharing a bubble because they're married is or that's cute people hate that people online are like i got so i read so many toxic takes this week i like i i'm not gonna reference <laughs> all the toxic shit i i read all episode if i can help it but but people hate talon i learned this week people hate talon <laughs> Yeah, I've also been saying that. I don't get it, but pe- people are mad. <laughs> I think some people Why? don't like when there's two different versions of the same person walking around, and like that ultimately makes them want to like pick one to hate. I've also heard people say they don't like that she just shows up as like a quick fix to to Sink's like love story, but 
I, I would much was rather it, I thought it was good too, and I would much rather it have gone the way it did than than once again we get a character who has lost their memories of something, or in this case hasn't experienced it at all, and doing the X Men trope of like their love coming through so deeply that they like get memories back or something like that's the main alternative to what we got and we got a much better story so i yeah. like talent a lot because of and, that and we have like a couple of like old people basically like that's cute <laughs> yeah 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 that's yeah. so rare yeah i wish they let sink have his like gray beard more yeah that's yeah, just that yeah, I love when he has a touch of gray he looks great <laughs> He looks hot when he's got yeah, a Yeah, we're sync. Look, here's the thing. When online, there's a lot of hate against a female character. Like, that's going to be sus, like, either way. Like, there's going to be yeah, yeah. other motives than, like, well, I, it not I also being a good character. I'm trying to keep this in context. Something uh, my friend Joe, a few, I, I think Kiwi and, and Janos, you also know Joe. Um, but he... He said, people on Twitter are just posting to, to show the thing they're most mad about and get commiseration for people being mad about it with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're, no one's going to be posting the positive shit, which I saw some of. Um, but, like, yeah, that's that's just the, the fans who are talking online, for the most part, especially in public spaces, are the ones complaining about it, so... Yeah, I mean, the other thing I've seen complaints about is, like, why uh, why do they have to keep torturing these characters? Uh, why can't they have, like, a happy utopia? And I just, like, that's, that's just not the story. story this is. Like, it's not a story <laughs> at all. Yeah, We've that's had that story for four book. years, and it's been <laughs> really slow, and we're ready for a change-up, and I think we got the change-up we really need here. I like the I like the narration. I I, I want to say like I like that there's these ca- these maybe because I've been reading more Claremont recently, <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh, I I like this like narrator voice and these. I this this narrator is my least favorite thing about the issue, and it was bothering me about Invincible Iron Man as well. I think I just don't like. Oh, that the, the narrator the in Invincible Iron Man made me annoyed, but I liked it here. <laughs> I just think it's a lot of it feels very like just we didn't have room to do stuff so I'm just going to tell you what's happening a little and in comparison to also been reading you know I read the Dark Phoenix Phoenix saga yesterday and like all the narration in that is like 20 times better to me but that's unfair because yeah. you get like uh, they were young. They were in love. They were heroes. And like I don't know. He's he's just firing in all cylinders there. But uh, I, yeah. There's just something about the narration that was very like it just, just kind of annoyed me a bit. Like, <laughs> it's just un- unfortunate because it is a lot of the issue, and it's just sort of saying here's what's going on. But I like, think it, it would have been. Like, it also feels necessary. Yeah, it definitely feels. Yeah, it would have been incredibly one. confusing, especially for an issue where like people who haven't been reading maybe for like much of Destiny, and they're just like, okay, let's see what this new big event is. Like, 
Well, I think also, if you don't like the narration, it ends up being worth it for that last Kate moment alone, I think. Because the setup for that is is really good, and it's I think it's written as a really nice little reminder to the thing. But, like, we're all thinking about that shit all the time, right? Like, the Kate not being <laughs> able to go through the gates is the longest problem in this book that hasn't been solved. So I'm at least thinking about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um... On 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 this next page, what do we think of Cyclops' outfit? Because this is the one page that we will see it for. <laughs> I, I think it's cool. It's, it's a like, crazy outfit. In, yeah, it's it's mad, but like, <laughs> it's very like. He looks like Professor. He looks X. like he's. He looks like a statue. Like, yeah, it, he, he yeah he literally looks like a statue. This looks like this could be Cyclops's villain arc. You know, yeah. Like, and yeah, it looks so evil. And he's in his 95 costume underneath it, and that looks great. Yeah. That was, <laughs> I was so surprised when, like, and he had that costume, like, in the in the cold open already. Why is he in his 90s costume? And then Jerry said on the podcast, oh, it's just because the artist wanted to draw that. <laughs> Which is uh, the best reason, I think. I Yeah, that's very good. I was listening to the Jonathan Hickman episode of Cerebro this week, um, and he mentioned that he wanted the artists to just be having the characters in different outfits, like different costumes from over the years, like in every issue. So it's nice to see that coming to fruition in part in this issue in a couple places, because you also get Rogue in a, in a call, a throwback outfit later on um, when she goes and gets the Avengers call. Oh, yeah, she looks, I like that looks it. great. Yeah. Um, the other three outfits that are prominent on this page are all cleavage forward. Yeah. I think the outfit for Jean Grey is great. Emma Frost's outfit, also great. Forge cleavage, I'm very appreciative <laughs> of. Um, he, and he's, he's looking well. Yeah. Uh, even Juggernaut's costume implies cleavage in a way. Oh, his little bow tie is so good. It's so good. It's, so yeah. good. And it's such, like, bare minimum. That he just like <laughs> stuck a bow tie onto his normal outfit. It looks yeah, it's like. like those guys we had like at my uh, high school graduation. They were like everyone was like wearing like a full suit and tie and everything. There were just like two guys who just wore a t-shirt that had like an image of a tie on it. Yeah, that's Juggernaut. That is exactly Juggernaut. <laughs> Have you guys heard that story about how the writer, one of the writers for The Bear, had to go to the Emmys wearing a, a bow tie that he'd bought on Layaway? Yeah, <laughs> I did not they, know that. They, they hadn't yeah. gotten like, paid properly. They hadn't gotten oh, paid properly. And, uh, and so I'm imagining Juggernaut bought this bow tie on Layaway. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't even think to go to Jumbo. He's just, like, in a Sears, like... Can I, can I can I get this? Yeah, I feel like Juggernaut is not one of the people who is on board with like Krakoa not having money. He's like, no, nah, I'll just pop over to like New York and go to a shop. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have my clothes grown by a tree or whatever. <laughs> however, it works on Krakoa. And then we get Mystique in her. Uh, it's like a pretty classic Mystique type outfit, but the most prominent and interesting thing going on is there's a white skull on her face like, and on uh, her ass well and on her ass yeah but uh <laughs> m- much like uh 
uh, Pyro. Pyro's got yes. his black face, oh, yeah. skull face tattoo. Yeah. That's a character and, I definitely think about. Well, and Pyro's kind of like <laughs> one of Mystique's kids. Like he, she adopted oh, yeah. him later in life than the rest of her children, but um, like it is like a throwback to that for sure and their relationship. But I think it is also foreshadowing. Mm. I'm intrigued by that. I didn't pick that up. Destiny and Mystique are arguing as they have been. They're they're going through it. Yeah, they like run through Kate on their way there, and that's where we get the bit about how Kate can't use the portals, and she started leaning on them out of habit. Yeah, that's really funny to just be it just be annoying. She's just like making it everyone <laughs> else's problem that she can't go through the portals. Yeah, it's just said, like this is this is why I said like earlier that like Jerry Duggan is so much better at writing Kate like uh, this is he, he just has he such a good a voice really for good like Kate. a handful of yeah. characters and this is yeah this like leaning against like what a drink in her hand it's just so cool well and we do get yeah. an interesting parallel on this page as well between Jean and Scott and Mystique and Destiny because Jean and Scott have managed to fix all their marital issues off screen <laughs> Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. We weren't going to get into it. We didn't have time, which is probably the truth. They probably wanted to. They probably didn't have time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does. It does make a nice parallel to to Mystique and Destiny, who who have been um, more on the forefront with their relationship issues over the last few arcs and the different books they've been in. Um, like Mystique literally just accidentally killed Destiny. <laughs> I feel like, like with I think the chronicler did it, right? Like he wrote that she was yeah. gonna kill him, which is like the first time he's controlled anyone besides Wasn't it Colossus I thought it was in this book? I thought it was Mother Righteous. Oh, it could have been Mother was, Righteous. I don't remember. Wasn't it like her because she said thank you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That makes way more sense. <laughs> but why why Mother Righteous wanted that to happen, unclear. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess to to foster this like divide between the two of them, um, at least. Yeah, and I guess uh, Destiny is like a dangerous character. So, uh, Destiny's look is cool as well. It's very weird. Yeah, just like big triangle head, like the Napoleon um, hat, and her like classic, you know, gold face mask, which is always pretty cool. Kate's Kate's got a good look too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she looks like a pirate. This is like, she's about to be a ninja again and not be a pirate for a little bit, so it's nice to get a pirate look for her one more time. Mm. Um, And then we get to uh, Professor X and Miss Marvel having a conversation, and this is good Miss Marvel stuff. She actually looks (laughs) like herself in this one. She's she's got a great outfit. And And she's stretching. Professor X does as well. I love that her pants are, like, both bell-bottoms and a cape, kind of. Like, they're part of the cape-ish that's going on, but they're also bell-bottoms. Looks incredible. Yeah, it's it's a really cool design. Yeah, for, for, for Charles, it's like, you know, he had, like, some really awful Hellfire Gala costumes in the past, so <laughs> uh, this, is, this is a huge this, this is a good uh, step up. The halo is also, like, a nice touch, because it really puts you in the position of where Charles's head is at. Like, he's holier <laughs> than think? thou. Yeah. He is holier than thou, and he needs you to know it. And, like, it kind yeah. of 
adds to um, the moment that comes after this, um, which I'm sure, Holly, you have things to say about because we've already talked about it a little, but uh, with him taking his mask off and looking at her directly um, because he's not holier than her, but he is holier than most people. The great ex removed Cerebro and gazed upon you with his clear blue eyes. Excellent. Brilliant stuff. Uh, I, I love it. I love Rasputin 4's dialogue. I love Rasputin 4's outfit. I'm so glad we're getting more Rasputin 4. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for, like, the, like, person from the future is weird and talks in, like, reverent terms of very normal people. Um, it's, they're, it's great. They're like, uh, you... A savior of all the tribes to describe Miss Marvel. It's very mm-hmm. like very cool. And also it's like, yeah, yeah. She's she's helping everybody. She don't she's she's not picking sides. Or well, like, you know, preferring people or whatever. Well, and she's um, uh got a similar relationship inherently through this dialogue, um, with Miss Marvel that Miss Marvel has with Carol. Um, yes, they get into Very that important. a little bit in the Cerebro episode, especially pointing out Carol and Rogue talking to each other because Rogue famously stole Miss or Captain Marvel's powers back in the day, and that's why she's strong and and can fly. Um, and now they've made up, according to this one panel. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, they're they're both going to be Avengers now, so. Yeah, separate teams, but um, they've been. I think they've been Avengers at the same time since then. I'm sure there's like stories that get into their shit. Like I just haven't read them. Um, But Rogue is also another Mystique and Destiny kid on this page. Mm. We're like very much like the the familial the families that are important in the world of X Men are are being brought to the forefront again and again throughout the this like era um i hope we're getting more rasputin for in whatever comes in the miss marvel comic because that it's a dynamic i would like to see more of um yeah me too yeah it's sort of like a, 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 a much less toxic version of hope and exodus <laughs> i think rasputin is yeah. gonna be the the main supporting character in the new, the Miss Marvel the new mutant. Miss Marvel series. the new mutant. There's like the three, It's a bit like, of a mouthful. covers uh for the first three issues uh that are at the back of this book. Yeah, it's... I want to hold off on talking about those until okay, we get yeah, to we can, some we can of the killing because it does yeah. affect it. Yeah. Um after Miss Marvel and Rasputin, we get our little trailer for gods. I yep. don't have much more to say about that. <laughs> Looks good. I think we, we work for the old ones. Pretty good line. Um, I'm excited like, uh, to find know, out more about who those old ones gods. are in a couple months. There's a callback to Magneto, which, like, I wonder if Hickman is going to do something with Magneto in Gods. I don't know. Hmm. We'll I, I think it's, it seems more like just the idea of mutants as a whole. Yeah. calling themselves the new gods, but I think, like, yeah, Magneto was the most prominent 
he was the one saying it there. He was the one saying it about the Eternals. You know, um, did you did you think they would give up the shores of forever without a fight? Just a sick line. Um, but yeah. The yeah, I also forever. wonder if we get some magic in uh, magic with a K yeah. in gods <laughs> or how the other sort of magical characters in general will interact with it because I think it's going to be like mostly new characters. It's going to be Doctor Strange and new characters I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's magic's going to be wrapped up in Realm of X I believe. Uh, then the Avengers fly off to deal with the free comic book day issue. Yeah, um, which I only read now. <laughs> I haven't read uh, it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I kept meaning to, but I still didn't. <laughs> There's an imposter, Captain Krakow SS. Yeah, yeah, I figured that out. <laughs> they they one panel, and yeah. I was like, yeah, I get the gist of it. We also get like, hey. You really cool with having Kingpin here, and then uh, Prodigy being like, or Prodigy and Frenzy both being like, we have people who are way worse than Kingpin here. <laughs> yeah, I would not is, be worrying about him. <laughs> this is the start of us getting our little vignettes with each of the. Well, we've already had our Juggernaut one at this point, but there are vignettes for each of the potential candidates for the the new x-men and this this moment happens right before the election so before we get into the election i do want to ask who slash who you would have voted for or if you did vote for them who you voted for because i didn't vote i didn't vote either my voice wasn't heard i didn't know what was going on i wasn't i didn't even look at who was like i only learned from like the cerebro episode that these were like all the candidates like i i I probably would have gone Prodigy because just the the Young Avengers like I've always liked him. Yeah, Prodigy's cool. Um, I it they're all good. It's it's a cool team. I would have voted I for Prodigy forward to too. Seeing them they had the makings like of an astonishing X Men team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the vote happens, and we get to see uh, a little more of the Cuckoo's outfit, which is very cool. A nice full page spread of Jean. Uh, Jubilee popping bubblegum as she does. Um, and the big announcement that Jean and Scott have managed to fix their marriage issues off screen and they're going to take some time to themselves and hand the X Men over to Talon and Sink. Yes, I like that as a direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. It's been building and up for a really long like... time too, it's well earned. Talon jumping on Sink's back in the like <laughs> page of them all, the the new squad, and also Frenzy holding up Prodigy. It's yeah. just like they're yeah, all have very, very fun cute. poses. Um, yeah, this is a really fun, really exciting page. Um, and do we want to go to the next page? <laughs> well, but first, before that, I want to say I don't really know Frenzy well, but she looks fucking fit as fuck. And oh yeah, she's in sword and yeah, red. she's been in sword. She, she's been yeah, fun but there. barely. Yeah, she hasn't had a ton to do. But too much is going on in those cool stories way. for her to have her moment yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really seen her outside of them, so I don't know much about her either. But oh, I was just gonna say, Holly, do you want to tell us how that election announcement was interrupted? <laughs> uh, so, how do we feel about the interruption? He, he did. She did Winston Overwatch. 
He <laughs> dropped in. Yeah. Nimrod Sorry to drop in. Yeah. <laughs> Nimrod drops in with a one-liner and it's, obliterates the new X-Men team. It's technically horrifying. Almost entirely. But, but it's just so goofy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's actually like shockingly bloody. Like, it's gruesome. It's Dazzler one of the most gruesome panels I've bits. ever seen. The second most gruesome one in the issue. Yeah, like this is this is more like blood guts and oh gore my God. than we usually get. I'm just now seeing that like half of Prodigy's skeleton is hanging out. Yeah, Fren- Frenzy's head has exploded. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, he landed directly on Frenzy. I mean, this is it's... just yeah, like that. All that violence and con- contrasted with this Nimrod, already a goofy-looking character. <laughs> And then with this, like, upside-down pose. So yeah, to, his, his upside-down pose slamming in. Oh, yes, continue, uh, Nick. Oh, I was just going to give a clearer description of what's going on on the page for people that don't have the book in front of them. Um, you should have brought it with you to book club, though. I'm disappointed. <laughs> um, but Sink, or Nimrod is dropping from space directly onto the X-Men that were just elected. And we see Dazzler, uh, Cannonball... Um, Prodigy and Frenzy all obliterated, ripped in half in some form or another. Jubilee manages to avoid the blast for the most part. She's got a bloody nose, but then Nimrod immediately stomps on her. Gene uh, and Sink get I'm, away. Yes, Talon and Sink get away, and Gene pulls Juggernaut out of the blast. And Juggernaut makes a very funny face. So presumably, (laughs) after this moment, Jubilee, Dazzler, Cannonball, Prodigy, and Frenzy are all dead. Yes. Seems to be. Jubilee's Jubilee's face gets, like, smashed in on the next page. uh, While she says her her one line of, fuck you, machine. And and Nimrod snaps back with no need to be rude before brutally stomping on her so it's just so much like slapstick or almost like slapstick like even even the way like limbs are like flying across the page in the horrifying like splash page like it is it is brutal because it's like these characters that we know there was a lot of criticism towards how they are using people of color's bodies as uh cannon fodder for drama um it is very and noticeable I, that this yes. group that is majority people of colour gets the most visceral death in the issue. This um, is the most black people that have been on an X-Men team at one time ever at any point. And X-Men are specifically a metaphor for the civil rights movement turned into more of like a metaphor for... Um, uh, a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff. Everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> intersectionalism is the thing I keep pointing to in my head as what its metaphor actually kind of works for versus, like, putting it on an individual person. But in doing that, like, they do end up stealing stories from people of color a lot throughout the years and then, like, using them for white people. Um, and that's, like, been a main criticism of the X-Men for a long time. One I agree with, like in a lot of ways 
Um, and it is kind of disappointing to see it here, but also, like, I think the way they're doing in this story is, is immaculate, and I think these characters are coming back soon. Oh, yeah. I, I, and, Fingers and crossed. They might be back before Miss <laughs> Marvel is again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, the thing that Jerry Duggan said on the interview is that, you know, we were very aware of that, but the alternative would have been just having a completely white X-Men team that gets obliterated, that would also have been, like, a team that gets obliterated, that would also yeah, have that been, is like... The... Yeah, which is also not good. Um, so this marks a huge tonal shift in the middle of the book, um, which I think the tonal shift really works. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What tone do you feel like it's shifting into? Because I couldn't tell from these first two pages. Because as Janosch said, you have like Nimrod with like these goofy one-liners while inflicting horrific violence. It like it makes it really hard to feel like whether this should be like impactful and like resonant and sort of horrifying, or whether like this is violence being played for laughs. Um, which are both spaces that, like, X-Men books, like, dabble in to some extent. And I I don't know where it lands for my to me. My big-brained take on that one that I'm developing, like, right now is that kind of the point of this tonal shift is that uh, it t- it's going to take you a couple of pages to catch up with it. Like, mm. you... At first, there's like this impact uh, moment where, like, you know, where like so- something something startles you and you can't move for a couple of seconds, and it's like I think I think it's like it's gonna need these several pages to hammer in that no, this is actually for real. Yeah, it's like you're we're not wriggling our way out of this one. In that way, it it kind of works as like a like it is a sudden shift, but at the same time, it's also like gradually becomes more like oh shit this is that issue like this is or this is happening this is just gonna get I think, worse like, Iceman's death is the big sort of like oh yeah then we're it's really getting serious sort of like uh, Iceman's death and then the sentinels showing up is when it like actually hits that tone I think but yeah because at first you're just sort of like Okay, well that was bad, but like how how are they gonna react to it in you know and and get away or whatever? But the goofiest violence moment happens like just a page after the first horrifying splash where there's just like a half of a multiple man flying across the <laughs> <Yeah>. panel. <laughs> it's just it's just up there. Poor poor lad. Yeah. Um I think this art is really good. The art sells whatever it's going for, um, whether that's the, like, goofiness of violence or the horror of violence, and it really kind of moves between those two, I think, effectively. Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's both things happening at the same time. Like, it is goofy, but it's also, like, meant to be taken serious within a world that's goofy at times. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 it, right? Like, as I said, like, Nimrod, very f- stupid-looking character, 
uh, that says these comical one-liners, but at the same time, you're like, oh, wait, orcas are like the fascists. Yeah. <laughs> in this world. So, you know, in the same way that, like, Mr. Sinister uh, is like this, we're gonna have these, like, completely comedic moments. And the, and and then he's like, no, he is like the fascist genet, like the colonialist fascist, like geneticist, like that's like that's like a horrifying concept for like in in real world terms. Well, in like comedy, from violence comes from cognitive dissonance. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and like that's definitely at play here. Um, and like real world awful fascist shit is often funny in a way that like is hard to explain. And uncomfortable to sit through like that's why everyone thinks trump is so funny all the fucking time oh yeah you know mm. so i think i think they they do play in well together here even though that's probably not directly the goal that's going on it's pretty sick when iceman is like i terraformed an entire planet and is doing weird like ice tendril stuff he, what happens next is what Kiwi just described, Iceman steps up to attack Nimrod, and we get new boyfriend alert. Um, he was introduced old, old earlier. Boyfriend. Old boyfriend. But he's not with Christian anymore. No, this is an uh, interesting point. This Romeo is an inhuman. Oh. Uh, which I think is a, is a big deal why he is part of the group at the end, um, who, who survive. Okay, uh, he's yeah. He's an inhuman. His power is like Em- like empathy control like emotion control something um but he was like bobby's boyfriend when all the inhuman stuff was happening or he was young bobby's boyfriend what time displaced bobby and then uh he went to like a another dimension and spent like two decades there and aged up and now he's the same age as adult bobby and now they're going out again i guess and or now Bobby doesn't just have to date to the gala, maybe. Christian anymore. I honestly, when the Gods trailer was happening, I thought one of those characters was Christian. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was about to be like, oh, Bobby's got his new boyfriend. But <laughs> we don't have time for that this week. Um, I do love Bobby's outfit as well. Like the no pants. Um, well, they're ice pants, but it looks like he's yeah. not wearing pants. It looks like he's just wearing like a, a long white shirt as a dress, essentially. And his tie making the nice x the x-men ties great yeah this is yeah, cool it's, like it's bobby cool. has not gotten a lot to do yeah this in, fight fucking rules in Krakow, and, Bob- and this one is just so cool <laughs> but nimrod stabs him with a blight swell dagger by the looks of it so his powers get fucky and he melts which is the most horrifying panel in the issue and he calls out for his friends his oldest friends gene scott warren but not the fucking beast <laughs> not hank get out of here he's, he's not on the list anymore <laughs> yeah canceled th- this this is good face melting art it's, it's so uh, sick yeah. i want a tattoo of this maybe <laughs> Also, that he does lasting damage to Nimrod, like he cracks Nimrod's face, which yeah. nobody else really does. Um, pretty good. Nimrod calls him Omega Two, and then goes like, "Now we gotta deal with Omega One, which is the Omega, which is Gene, 
and she fucking throws um uh she throws juggernaut directly also very sick yeah it's and it's cool like obviously juggernaut won the vote and to have him be a big part is good like obviously they would do that I just got to this in the Claremont comics. He is the first person to fight Nimrod in the books. So oh. it's interesting to have him come back here. Yeah, because like Nimrod is is staying with a family of people. He like kills a a pickpocketer and the guy who's being pickpocketed is like that's the nicest thing ever anyone's ever done for me. Just murdered a pickpocketer. Why don't you come live with me and my kid? And he's, like, helping the kid out with homework. And then he goes and looks up the news, and he's like, these are the people doing bad things. The Juggernaut and the X-Men. So he goes after the Juggernaut. <laughs> ah. That's, uh... Yeah, that's a cool thing that I I, I had no idea. Yeah. I wouldn't... I, like, I I got to that point last night. I, got, I super lucked out in finding that one. Um... And then Orcus arrives in full with their with their Stark Sentinels and Doctor Stasis and the Omega Sentinel uh, and Modok, uh, another terminally goofy looking character. <laughs> How do we feel about the the Stark Sentinels? Um, I think they're cool. Or. I've got very little feeling towards them. Yeah. I think they're kind of lame. <laughs> I, I think it's just a, it's a better paint job than the usual Sentinel colors. Well, that's I why I like the old that. Sentinels, because yeah. they look so fucking ugly. <laughs> uh, no, I like that as well. But I, it's just, you know, sometimes you want a bit of a chain. Yeah, I think the story implications of the Stark Sentinels are uh, set up something that could be cool uh, that's going to lead into, like, Tony... Becoming the new Black King is what was teased. Uh, like the the idea to have like to, to you know be this guy who tries to do good, bought up all the black market weapons, uh, and bankrupted himself. And now the like number one fascist evil is wearing his colors. Like that's, I think that as a concept is more interesting than the actual sentence. Yeah, which, the fascist uh, like act of co-opting other people's aesthetic and integrating it into their own which has like always been their deal yeah you know they're just as much of culture vampires as they are literal monsters um is a very interesting part of it and it's probably the part i like the most but like i also i just like after reading invincible iron man i'm kind of like i don't care about iron man <laughs> yeah I yeah, I think it's gonna be like uh, Invisible Iron Man is like best when Emma is in it. So I think I think the Emma I think the Emma yes. and Tony dynamic is gonna be interesting. Like I'm kind of excited for this wedding. Uh, just you know, because just Tony. Yeah, yeah like uh, you're right. Like just Tony on itself is not interesting enough. Yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at too. Doctor Stasis Tango is in here through. <laughs> yeah, he a and. Gate. Uh, Who's what is this robot woman's name again? I Karima Shapandar. Yes, she is the Omega Sentinel. That's her like comics name, you know. <laughs> this kind of has the vibe of like a fucking 
Roman Reigns entrance or like you know when <laughs> when when there's like a wrestler who you really don't care about and is like the lamest guy and tries to do like a really cool entrance but you're like <laughs> not buying it because I just read the last issue where you were the like this really regressive guy you know like he just doesn't have the swag to pull it off <laughs> he's he's the lamest part of Orcus I, I do not take Dr. Stasis seriously at all he, like Fei Long is a close second. That's his name, right? The yeah. the yes. Elon Musk parody yeah. character. Um, <laughs> but but Doctor Stasis is he's just so he's Mister Sinister without any of the interesting parts about Mister Sinister to me, which is the point. But yeah. also like, <laughs> yeah, like Modok takes up a quarter of the page that Doctor Stasis does, and his intro it looks cooler. It just does. He's such a funny little evil man. <laughs> Like he's look such at that a freak. <laughs> gross fucking smile he's got on his face as he comes through the, the gate. It's great. They're so bad at riffing though. Like Stasis is like, allow oh, me yeah. to introduce Dr. Modoc, and the Modoc's like, just Modoc, please. Doctor sounds cooler, is what Stasis is like. Great one liner is retort to that is <laughs> like it's, it's like fucking Jotaro ass like one liners. <laughs> it does kind of feel like they're going into Elon Musk's like replies and re- replicating <laughs> yeah. how those fucking people talk. You know, yeah, that's just a good have point. no. None of them are good at banter. Yeah. <laughs> like... How do we feel about Orcus? Because a big thing that Jerry Duggan was talking about on Cerebro and has clearly been doing is talking about like reinvesting in villains and like sort of making new like compelling villains or interesting villains for this new era um and i don't think it's a huge success i i i think they work or are like the the thing about orcus is like as a the they're successful as a fascism allegory because they're like just as like boring and swagless as like real world fascists. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I think like some of the members of Orcus will stick around as like interesting characters. Like specifically, Mother Righteous um, is probably not going anywhere. I think a lot of people are going to want to like use that character moving forward, but like. Mm. Phalong will probably be go the way of like um the the Struckers where he's just like a joke character that shows up. I don't imagine we're ever gonna see Doctor Stasis again. Yeah, I mean Doctor Stasis is gonna get punked by Mother Righteous. Yeah. Um I, I think I think Orcus feels like the like stepstone that the that the cooler villains are gonna be like you know, Orcus gets defeated and then it turns out like, you know, someone like Mother Righteous who is playing Orcus basically. Like she's not she has her own things going on in this uh in this issue that Orcus doesn't know about. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't I think, think they I don't really think Orcus work are, like, Yeah, go on. As I think they really work as like evil anti mutant organization. Yeah. And the individual characters don't have the most going for them. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel as well. They're just like, yeah, I. Uh, they they just like need to do a bit more with Omega Sentinel maybe and some other like ones to to give me something. But 
I think they've also like kind of there isn't a personal element to to most of these villains that I think is really hitting. Um, like aside from Mother Righteous, you know, there's they they don't have backstories that are interesting or intriguing, and they're not paralleling the people I find most interesting in the world that are evil. Um, like the the religious element to previous anti mutant organizations i think gives it a lot of levity that's kind of being lost or not levity it, it gives it another layer that's being lost here um to a certain degree that's okay because there's also a religious element missing on krakoa uh so like in in the role as like yeah evil reflection it it, it works well enough I think there also is kind of almost like the the way <clears throat> Nimrod and Omega Sentinel are like fighting for their machine only future kind of yeah. feels like a religious cru- or a crusade, I guess. Yeah. It's not quite religious. They, they, but... They've got everyone in the organization to download chat GPT. Um... I've been reading some on my own time, some uh, hate books written by, uh, like Baptist and that type of Christian um, uh-huh. for personal reasons I'm not going to get into. Uh, but <laughs> just reading that and then reading the X-Men at the same time, both the Claremont era and like the modern era, I do think like those are the type of people in the real world that would be the loudest about the mutants. And those are the people that yeah. they kind of don't touch. And I think they're afraid to. And I want to write that book someday. That's That's, <laughs> I think, why I'm thinking about it. I was just gonna say I'm kind of I kind of don't even want Orcus to be developed. Like I feel like I'm ready to move on. Yeah, that's very fair. I like the Genesis shit is so much more interesting. Like what is gonna happen with Apocalypse? I mean Genesis is more I, I think the way I could see Orcus to make work is to move past like it being an anti-mutant organization and start like getting to the next level of this like post-humanity that like uh, Hawkspock said is gonna be like the threat to like the ultimate threat to uh, to mutantdom, right? And and those like ultimate like ten thousand years into the future post humans, like that was like that was like some interesting shit. So you know, Which I, I I I could see them sort of moving to the next stage now because yeah, they've they've gotten all the mutants out of Earth. They they don't have to worry about them anymore. Obviously, there is still. The ones we'll be following that are around, but like, they've got step one done, basically. Yeah, they're on to the next step. I think in the era that is the fall of X, uh, Orcus is only like a major issue in the first part. Like, I in the in the past eras of like within the Krakoan era, there've kind of been three parts ish to each of them, and I think we're gonna see Orcus dealt with in this first third first half however it goes in like i don't think they're entirely taken off the table before the end but i think other threats are going to become more important we're just like in the middle of we need to solve what just fucking happened in the hellfire gala situation for a bit because what happens is orcus wins yeah let's get back into the book specifically (laughs) and talk talk about that where we left off the the iron man sentinels had just popped in um, we get uh, the narrator pops back in for a while, um, and the narrator essentially is saying in this section, um, and I feel like there are going to be a few things we all want to talk about here. 
but uh, there are several teams of X-Men around uh, that could easily win, but something happens that holds them all back. <laughs> well, Gene, Gene, like, holds up the entire tower. Um, uh, There's, like, the worst Nimrod line is... um. Juggernauts, you picked the wrong party to crash, buddy. And he says, I already apologized for that because he said sorry to drop in when he landed. Uh, just oh. it, There was such a gap. There was such a one. gap yeah, between them. Yeah. What, what when I first read it, I was like, what? why would he? Why is he saying this? You're such a brain genius, Kiwi. Um, I only noticed it on the re- on reread because I sort of skimmed through more. I read it three uh, times. I didn't get it at all. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's why it's a bad line because it just it reads like it doesn't read well with the the gap there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then Gene is holding everyone and everything until she is stabbed by Moira. Yeah, Gene Gene um, Grey epic moments. Um, yeah, Gene Grey Phoenix moments mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, we do get a little bit more of uh, Rasputin 4 and uh, Kamala's developing relationship because they fight together a little bit. And then later on, um, I believe that Rasputin uh, pulls Kamala through the floor for a little bit with the phasing powers, with Kitty's phasing powers that she has. Um, and Kitty also gets thrown by fucking strong guy of all people. Um, yeah, we have to have a fastball special. Like, yeah. you're not gonna, you're gonna have a big Hellfire Gala fight without a fastball special. Yeah, that's a really, uh, that's a really cool fastball special of like phasing through the brains of uh, of uh, of an Iron Man Sentinel, basically. Yeah, it's good stuff. On that page, we get both of our our little uh, hero fan favorites that never get shown characters. We get Strong Guy and we get Blink, um, who's reflecting a bunch of the lasers. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Bling. Is that Bling? Right? Yeah. Oh, Bling, sorry. Yeah. I This entire fucking Blink. time I've thought it's Blink. Bling makes so Blink. much more Blink sense. Blink is another <laughs> different purple character, so you're... <laughs> You're forgiven. There's um, 900,000 mutants, and all of their names are in my head somewhere, but I can't access them all at once. We also get, this is where we get, like, uh, Kingpin being, like, on the good yeah, guy's side. Yeah, that's good... Yeah. I, I it's enjoy like, this. You, 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 you got in the way of me and my wife. Yeah. We're enemies now. <laughs> like... Uh, Kingpin no. wife guy. Yeah, Kingpin yeah, wife got, guy moments. It's got some it's, echoes of like apocalypse of like large villain who is being a wife guy. <laughs> uh, he just um obliterates an orcish soldier. <laughs> uh and and it's like right time to help out in my like Roman cosplay. Um, yeah. Yeah, his outfit is a bit too much. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, we get a nice gold balls moment too, where he's uh, he's just not him and him and Proteus aren't doing much. They're not helping much. They could b- both do more, but they're doing something. Having having just read the original Proteus arc, uh, yeah, like you can do better than this, man. People people online you, are like, mad at Proteus. Ember upside down. Why are you just like 
doing a little bit of glass or whatever it is. Um, also, having the narrator say the five are a formidable team on their own is incredibly funny when it's like you have the guy who can make eggs that are sticky <laughs> and you have the man who can shape this, like, reshape reality itself with a single thought. It's like, well, yeah. also one of one As of them team, that we don't even powerful. see. She can. I can't remember her name. She can pause Eva time. Bell. Yeah, Eva oh, Bell yeah, can yeah. pause time. So Who has a good outfit. She's just in the background for a couple of shots, but it's yeah. It's good. Hope also has a great outfit. Mm. But um, like, obviously, we we don't need to worry about Eva Bell because it would break the story. And like, I don't care that much. Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not looking for plot holes personally. Oh yeah, yeah. Like th- they can definitely take down a few sentinels. You know, it's I I assume implied off screen. Proteus obliterated a couple more sentinels. I hope so. (laughs) But this all leads to Jean holding the tower up, as we previously mentioned, which is just the distraction Orcus needs to have Moira McTaggart slide in and stab Jean in the back with a blight swell dagger. Steps in in in, in her her jeans and lab coat. It's a great outfit. She's dressed casual as hell. If we're talking about, like, disappointing villains, like, I don't know, Moira is just so good. Yeah, Moira's great. The, I love the, Moira. The, like, ninja pose she yes. does for seemingly no reason. Because she just, like, walks through a door and then just is doing yeah, I, that. I, I would do the same, like, if, if I were able to pull this off. Well, and being positioned as, like, the one human who works with the mutants for such a long time, she has her child is like a mutant that it ha- is murderous on intent, right? Like, that's Again, the deal with him. having just read that arc and she's, like, willing to kill her son because he's a danger, she's, yeah. like, raw as fuck. It's great. Yeah. And then, like, later on, it's like, I don't think they ever confirm. They probably do farther in than I am, but, like, it's implied that's also Charles's kid, which I would yes. more than believe. Um, but, sh- and then... In this story, it turns out she is a mutant, and that's incredibly interesting. And now we've gotten to a point where she has become a human again, and gone on to forsake that humanity immediately and become, like, this cyborg <laughs> ghost-in-the-shell type person. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm mixed on, like, this Moira, because I really love the, like, the ruthlessness makes sense, but I really enjoyed the, like, sort of... Uh, super long game timeline manipulation that she was like involved with up until the point of like Inferno, where it's like much like Destiny, like she she's not playing for like the next like five years or even the, like the next decade of what happens. She's playing for like ten thousand years in the future. What happens? And she doesn't really have that in the same way anymore, which is a little sad. Um, But also, like, it is kind of fun to have her as, like... uh, She's just so pissed off. Yeah, evil robot. um, (laughs) Evil robot Moira, who is now just, like, it's murdering time. The the panel where she's like, look at me, Charles, look at what I've done. And she's just, like, the most evil, like, glowing eyes. Yeah, she's got the laser eyes, and she's, she's, (laughs) yeah... Proudly stood over a dead body. It's it's good well, stuff. Well, not dead yet. Not dead yet. Jean, 
Yeah, she gets, uh, she gets an operatic psychic powers. <laughs> the, I, I just want to shout out this one panel where, like, Moira is stabbing Jean, where the whole thing is, like, in just a silhouette. In, like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, a great panel. Slick is the sound effect. It yeah. looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's really good. Next, we get uh, a full-page... Not a full-page spread. The full page of... Is... Um, a bunch of, or it's the five again, and Rasputin and Laura, um, and it says that they would have won, but uh, Moira is holding Professor X hostage, and they go on to explain that uh, Doctor Stasis has corrupted all of uh, the medicines that the mutants have created for humans to use, and if they try and win, um. Professor X, or if if they try and win, Doctor Stasis is going to hit a button that kills all of those people. Anyone using the mutant medicines? Yes. Um, and then, which is exactly like that's a that's exactly what the bigots have been saying from the start, right? Like they were like, "Don't trust these mutant medicines. They can, uh, they could do anything to us." So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah, having. Like, this is, this is, you can see why this would, like, devastate Charles. Yes. And, uh, and he, he stops every mutant, um, every mutant there, and, uh, by implication also every mutant worldwide from fighting Orcus. Right Meanwhile, Jean, her power's turning against her, um, in much in the same way that, like, Bobby melts, because I think that is his power turning against him, I think that's what Blightswell, like, does. I think her telepathy is taking her body apart, like, piece by piece, and t- then that's why she's left as just a skeleton. But oh, wow. yeah. Because that's happening. She does just sort of rot or something. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite explanation for that. Um, while that's happening, she creates a psychic connection with Firestar, and she has, uh, her power is exclusively at this point being used to talk to Firestar, um... And she is connected to Dr. Stasis's brain, and she puts Firestar up to being their mole. Only her and Firestar will know about this. She's about to die, so only Firestar's going to know about this. Um, and she implants memories in Dr. Stasis's head of Firestar having been the mole the whole time. She reaches out to Scott. We see him... Um, in a, a stretcher in an ambulance, having been defeated by the imposter Captain Krakoa, and we, sh- uh, she says goodbye, uh, and she says goodbye to Wolverine and asks him to murder everybody. And that's spread out over several pages, but I just wanted to say all the yeah, I shit think, all yeah, at once, just yeah. get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, I uh, my only real comment on this uh, is I really like uh the. <laughs> Dr. Stasis's, like, coffee shop inconspicuous yeah. outfit. Oh, they go to Starbies! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> of course he's wearing a fucking... This is like a Panama hat yeah. or something. Yeah. He's, he's fedorable. He's... <laughs> just very funny panel to me. Of, of it is, yeah. Him yeah, showing the coffee uh, shop. His little, uh... What, what, what suit of card is he... Oh, I always, uh, clubs. clubs. I always mix up clubs and no, wait. Uh, is spades. he clubs or spades? 
He's clubs. Oh, he's clubs. He's clubs. Yeah. No, I, I, I genuinely like mix up when I, when I like add the cards. I always forget which the English terms are because it's different uh, in yeah. every language. Yeah. Uh, so he's like yeah, a little. The spade is uh, uh, the st- Orbis Stellaris is spade. Yes, spade is one and clubs is yes. three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So his little clap sign is like peeking out, like just below the corner of the head. <laughs> yeah. If you a spade is like also a small shovel, like oh I don't know if it, yeah, it, yeah, pro- that makes sense. So that's why it looks like that. That's why it has the point. Yeah. Mm. Um, um. Do we have anything more to say on Jean? Because I don't have a huge amount to say about the rest of her stuff in this issue. Other than no, it's like I think if anyone has anything to powers. say about. It's good. The Firestar Bowl thing is really cool. And yeah, let's talk about that more. That if anyone has more, <laughs> I don't really have any more. It's just like it's it's cool. Um, we'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah, like, it's set up I'm, really well because everyone thinks she's a cop. She's hated the mutants for a really long time. I actually got to the first um, Firestar appearance in the X Men recently, and the first time she shows up, she's being mind controlled by empath one of the hellions okay to do his dirty work and also be like a like a love slave to him essentially Fantastic. and it's super creepy and it sets up a really good reason for her to fucking hate the the mutants and then at yeah. the end of that issue she who she's obviously being manipulated by emma at the time but she's still like emma's so nice to me i gotta go back and be one of the hellions i can't join you you mutants and that's where it got left off for me but even, like, she has such a long history of being, like, an antagonist to the mutants, but not while being also a protagonist to the Marvel Universe, um, that it does work really well. And we even see it later on when Rogue sees her and is like, fuck you, sugar. Sleep with your light. <laughs> Just sleep with one eye open. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder, like, I'm a little worried about whether she actually, like the end of this arc might be she does something to help but still isn't able to reveal herself because mm. there is a, there has been talk about a great betrayer or something Come yeah I can't destiny remember destiny, D- destiny yeah. believed it she was like one of the x-men is going to betray us and uh a lot of people are pointing to this and saying that is that and she like, is if, the betrayer which is yeah i believe if, it. if destiny can see the future and uh like firestar doesn't does something good that she can't like actually see and that doesn't actually reveal her as a thing i think that could be like a tragic cool tragic thing of yeah yeah doing doing the heroic thing but being remembered as the betrayer when destiny Um, says that too uh her powers are on the fritz a bit so she like is not getting all of the details only some of them is it is it when she's talking to Rogue as well and she's being, like, intentionally confusing, mm-hmm. I think? I think so. Because she's just like, you want me to tell you the future? Here's a bunch of shit that you don't understand that I <laughs> know about the future. I um, think it comes up during that conversation and then it also comes up uh, at one point during the, the Celine vote, during the Quiet Council, um, that Celine is voted on, where Destiny is like, there's a traitor amongst the X-Men. It's just like, Uh, but we got other shit to worry about right now, Destiny. (laughs) You should have told us that before the meeting started. Yeah. All right. So apart from the Jean stuff, then we're on to go, my X-Men, which is fun, you know. And and in this panel, he's like, 
uh, Halo is like uh, like it's it's you know it's the this shot needs to be taught in every film class type <laughs> thing. Where it's like, uh, he, he's got yeah, his he's halo. Very saintly. We we have the the leaves of all the lens flare on this him. on this yeah <laughs> panel, which is weird because it's not there's no camera there. The lens flare should be like where his eye is, but because his helmet is so fucked, it's definitely yeah. where his eyebrow is, which is very <laughs> funny to me. Like, and that's not the artist doing something wrong. That's just like that's how his helmet fucking looks. <laughs> uh, and then we get Nightcrawler in New York being the first person to resist, or the first person we see. Go, my X Men is Professor X, psychically overriding all the mutants on Earth's minds and getting them to go through the Krakoa gates. Uh, and he thinks he's sending them all to Arako to Mars um, at this point. Yeah, and then Mother Righteous is doing something. Yeah, um, uh... okay. So there's there's a few things we can get into here. <laughs> Do we want to get into Professor X first, the resist thing, or Mother Righteous? I think the Mother Righteous thing is just quicker. She uh, yeah. takes uh, the the separated part of the island, I believe. It's not the whole island. Yes, it um, is the Atlantic part of Krakoa. And she encases it in one of her orbs, and the speculation is that like she's going to give it to Sebastian Shaw because she promised him... Krakoa, like fit. She, he wanted the <laughs> island, and she's gonna give him the oh. island. Um, okay, but that's just a a, a game theory from MatPat. So. I thought it was possible. Also, she's like fucking with the gates. Yes, sending everyone to is. this island. Yeah, uh, well, no, yeah, she's definitely fucking with the gates, but it, she's redirecting them to the Atlantic island, and then she takes the island, and then that's where all the mutants are. Yeah, yeah which... that's what I thought was going on initially too, but now I'm just not as sure. I believe it. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I didn't remember that Shaw thing. That would also make a lot of sense. Potentially, she's kidnapped some mutants as well. Or this might tie into Realm of X and Dark X Men. Is it because they're yeah. like Limbo and uh, mm-hmm. the whatever the norse realms if she just redirected some of the gates there and that's how people end up there Um, i think she's probably trying to redirect them all somewhere specific but then uh like it's such a big power move that like like we've seen in the past with other magic users she may just like have flubbed it a little bit and that's how we get like our our danny being able to be in the in the realms you know yeah i could see that um, um, does anyone want to explain the red triangle? That seems like a fun thing to explain if anyone wants to do no, it. We've got the data page. Read the di- If you want to know what the red triangle is, flick through your issue, read the data page. It's it's a way to defend against psychic attack. Yeah, that's, I was yeah, really confused when, uh, when Nightcrawler first said resist and then it took like four more pages until it was explained. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just going to be him initially because he has fallen out so hard with the X-Men, and I thought they were just, like, doing a funky thing. Because this is the only time we see Nightcrawler in the issue, I believe. Yes. Is he's standing on a tree outside of of the gate in uh, New York City. Um, 
and mutants are are piling in and he is in a red triangle the word resist appears in red red letters with an r at the top es in the middle and then isc at the bottom um which is a concept that was originally introduced in like uh jerry duggan's uh Avengers, one of the Avengers he wrote. I don't remember the name of it specifically, but it's like um I think it's US Avengers. Um and that's it's it's it I can tell you the context of the story. I can't tell you the fucking title of it. Uh, <laughs> so uh uh Sunspot and Cannonball make their own Avengers team after Sunspot does a corporate takeover of AIM. And oh, turns is it that into new Avengers. Avengers idea mechanics. Yes, that is what it is. It's New Avengers. It's it's um, it US Avengers, but it spins off from New Avengers. Okay, uh, okay. okay. There's like five Avengers series at that point, or something. So yeah, because New Avengers was Hickman, but then yeah, it was probably Duggan who did the spin-off. Oh, you know what? It was it was Hickman. It wasn't Duggan. They just like wanted to use Hickman's thing. I got the two oh, guys mixed up. That makes sense. I'm like. Listeners at home, of the people to trust when they're saying a name on this podcast, I am not the person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Hickman introduced the idea of it in an issue of that with Cannonball, and then um, it is now being brought full circle, um, and Professor X has trained specifically his X-Men, people that have been X-Men, to use this red triangle defense, and also some Avengers, I think, but it's not important here. Um... And they're able to shut out mind control from their mind, but they're, like, otherwise, like, not able to really move at all or do anything. So they can't defend themselves further. Mm. Um, But Emma is able to use her power to spread the Red Triangle to the other people around her. And that's how more of them are able to get through, including, like, Kamala, who would have never had the Red Triangle training. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That yeah. would have sucked if she had been, like, killed off again. <laughs> Immediately, yeah. Orbed up. She's just... Um... Uh, yeah, it's it's the, like, shots of everyone, like, all the people, like, sort of blindly walking into the uh, thing, into the gates, and then there's the few people who are resisting. Yeah, the gates, cool. the gates are colored red. Yes. Here, very ominous. Well, it just means it's going to Araka, yeah. obviously. You know? <laughs> That's true. They've been redirected, it's fine. They're going it's to fine. X-Men Red. Yeah. <laughs> and you think it's going to write everyone. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of interested if that like that would be a factor in the, the Araka Civil War. Yeah. Uh, you know, if 250,000 Earth mutants show up, that, that would be one of the factions, but it doesn't look like that's no. actually... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some. Huge Professor X moment, but also in many ways an even bigger Magneto was right moment. (laughs) (laughs) Charles will murder us all. Yep. Literally, yep. (laughs) He's kowtowing to the fascist demands, and, like, there is zero reason for him to believe that they're going to, like do what they're saying, and yeah. he does it anyways. He doesn't hesitate yeah. to believe them. And yeah, why would they go to a safe place where they can, like, regroup and attack again? Like, that would not be an orcas victory. It's lip shit. We gotta talk it out on Congress floor. 
<laughs> whether or not we're gonna murder these hostages. We will talk it out first. Oh, um, so, uh, in part of the threat, Dr. Stasis is talking about killing off humans for every mutant that arrives back on Earth, and he's like, well, first we'll kill one human for every mutant, and then ten humans for every mutant, and then a hundred humans for every mutant, and then we get a little, we get a little powers of ten joke, um, because he says, yeah, this is Dr. Stasis's best moment. Powers of ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, I, I recognize that, because now I know it is not supposed to be said as powers of X. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also see Curse real quick, who's one of the X-Men Green, her and uh, Nature Girl, um, which I only read a oh, couple yeah. weeks ago. X-Men Green was really good, though. They, they've been off doing eco-terrorism, from what I understand. Yeah, good but she's them. forced through the gate by a variety of like other mutants, um, because Charles can't control her that's part of her power um and the five are pushed through the gate by exodus because he's such a zealot he must believe charles in this moment Mm -hmm. yes exodus the most easily manipulated man in the history of comic books possibly (laughs) and the the The, last visual we didn't talk about this trying to push back out like she's like shouldering into them and like uh, yeah. Egg is doing like or gold balls, whatever. He's like trying to do something, but it kind of just looks like he's he's just like doing like a Naruto like hand gesture <laughs> or something. That's he's how he just... shoots his gold balls. He has to do the shadow clone <laughs> jutsu hand symbols first. Mm. Good for him. <laughs> more more mutants should have to do hand gestures to do their powers. Yeah, we have a uh, we have a uh, final like gene death moment here that we kind of skipped over like a a full page spread of like her turning into a skeleton uh, still with red hair Um, and and Charles doing like the Darth Vader no (laughs) he's doing the Darth Vader no yeah he's like he looks happy too that was the thing like that's like, like the like, worst ah, part. Yes, ha ha ha, sickos. <laughs> I did it. I got them. I got my kids. They're fucking dead. I killed my kids. Thank yeah, you. I think I did. Uh, a single tear would have uh, would have would have helped mm-hmm. possibly with the expression, but it, it's it's very much intended to be a big big no, I believe. Yeah, yes. it's anguish. It's just the angle. It's hitting the teeth. Yeah. Kind of yeah. makes it look like a smile. <laughs> Yeah, it I was honestly not noticing that before because the the gene skeleton is is so striking. Yeah, it's pretty uh, yeah. eye eye catching. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's where I get my like little theory about it being her power that turned against her. Because like, how else would she have ended up as a skeleton? Mm. Like, she yeah. wasn't attacked yeah, by sense. anything. She was just stabbed. Um, and on the next page, we see this is when Jean says her last goodbye to Scott. Post skeleton. That's the context I forgot when we were talking mm. about it earlier. Yeah, she's a skeleton and she's still doing this shit. Um, but uh, uh, Scott is being held um, in an ambulance uh, on a, a back brace, which uh, I believe uh, leads to uh, a theory I stole from uh, uh, Connor Cerebro uh, that Scott is going to end up paralyzed from this and potentially in a he, wheelchair, he, wheelchair mirroring he does professor have a line yeah. 
Yeah, he has a line earlier where he says he can't feel his legs yeah, yeah. as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I him being that. paralyzed so is not head. a theory. Like, he, he is canonically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, sorry, Connor Cerebro. <laughs> <laughs> also, the treehouse is burning down in the background, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we never of... talked about... Um, this is going way back to the beginning of the issue. Forces Forever... Forges Forever City... Oh yeah, we oh, didn't really talk oh. about that. They like they're like that's the theme of the the Hellfire Gala is supposed to be futurism and friendship. Um and then everyone gets murdered. It was too good to be true. Futurism um, and friendship is like such a lip theme. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's like that's you go to like a, a gala thrown by Joe Biden, yes. and it's called futurism and friendship, and like Elon Musk is there, you know, yeah, the, the oil execs yeah. are all there, and then they start taking hostages, <laughs> and and maybe this gets into like what should be like our conclusive thoughts, but I I, I say it at this point before I forget that Jesse, like, of course Charles like super fucks up, but. Doing this gala in the first place, at this moment in time, like doing a huge PR thing where all the mutants are in one place and like very visible might have been like there might have not been a good strategy from Emma. Yeah, there might have been some problems with this plan, but the show <laughs> must go on, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next, next thing is just Wolverine. Resisting and killing a bazillion Orcus people. It's yes, yeah. as, as he tends to do. Stand He's so good at the red triangle; stuff. he can still kill shit. Well, no, he turns over to his his beast half of his body, which Charles is unable to control, anyways. Um, and then yeah, then we get Destiny being like, "Well, what is it? So much death and destruction, and it all culminates with a giant X in the heavens, with the fall of the Krakoans." But before she that, she bounces. says, this was our uh, only chance. I'm sorry. And she's the precog. So it's like very much the moment that's like, oh, this had to happen for everyone to get saved. You know, there's I feel like it's a lot of her stuff is like this shit sucks. But like the other options are even worse. Guys, please believe me. Please believe me that even though this is horrific, it would have been worse. She's there um, for the writers to ask the audience to trust them, in yeah. a way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Exodus pushing them out, and then, oh uh, yeah, Mystique refusing to listen to Charles, doesn't refusing to be controlled by him. And, yeah, her brain is, like, ugh. distributed through different parts of her body so that she's not, like, mind-controllable or, like, shoot-in-the-headable. Um, to kill her. Oh, yeah. And, and so she, because of that, she is able, or she's, like, not under the effect of this, but Charles pushes so desperately to the parts of her brain that are still in her head that it forces her, essentially, to throw herself out of the window and off a cliff, and she hits the ground, and it seems to be that Mystique is dead. Um, but this also mirrors her fucking throwing her baby off a cliff oh in the God. cartoon. <laughs> when she she first sees Nightcrawler in the cartoon, she throws him off the cliff. I didn't know that. Don't think she should have done yeah. that. No, I, she I should have done that. that. This is, yeah. yeah, our podcast stance is uh, don't throw babies out of a cliff. 
Uh, um, Doctor Stasis uh, does a huge evil laugh immediately he, as uh, yeah he does as this Raven huge evil death. laugh and then is like oh the sea has washed her body away. Well, she do, he does Bye. a huge evil laugh in like font size, but he only says "ha ha." <laughs> like it's not a lot of ha's; it's just two. Oh, he does no, he does three ha ha's already on the page before. That's yeah. It's There's also five it's like total. It's the first Chris Anka panel, and I was just immediately like, "Ah, yes, Chris Anka's back." Yeah, love to see it. <laughs> we do love to see it. Yeah. She- She's probably not dead here because of the same reason she's not mind-controlled. Her her body's split up in a way that she should be potentially able to recover from this. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was, because yeah, Destiny she can is be. like... I'm down for it. I'm sorry. And because there is, like Destiny has said, like, for for mutants to win, Mystique can't be there. Or, like, none of those futures have Mystique in them. Um, which I like. Mystique is not going to stay dead like forever or anything. But I did like. There is that sort of uh, that's been set up. Um, and then we get our big crowd shot of everyone who is still resisting. Um. And yeah, who do we got we get... here? Yeah, do you want to give us your list of names now, Kiwi? Uh. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> now, for, is this I'm from also left in... to right? What, uh, what order? <laughs> oh, I, can I... Just You can just give them to us as they're written, and I will trust you that those are the ones on the page. Right. I mean, I think so... you included some others who are not in this page, but just survived, yeah, right? Yeah, um, Night- Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Charles Xavier are not here at the minute. They're, you know, they're separate places. And Rogue. Um, but, oh yeah, and Rogue. Uh, but we have Emma Frost, Kate Pride, Kanan, uh, Sink, Talon, Angel, Penance, Miss Marvel, Rasputin 4, Fang, North Star, Aurora, Gambit, Bishop, uh, Romeo, and Kingpin. Romeo and Kingpin being the only two non-mutants. Um, and, also, and very important for how things are gonna go from here I would say or well um you know but uh inhuman mutant solidarity maybe uh with Romeo and also connection to Miss Marvel yeah um Um, do we think we'll see any other of the Inhumans ever again (laughs) in Marvel comics What's they, their they deal in come the back comics? Eventually. Have they just been not written, or is that have they been written out? Like I oh, don't, they, I don't they know. They went to space, I think. Yeah. Okay. They they just <laughs> fucked off to space somewhere else. After all of the like Inhumans versus X Men stuff, there was some. Big, I think it was like the King. Um. Uh, War Black War Bolt. of Kings. Yes. Yeah. Black Bolt went off. To... Uh, his name is of course Blackagar Boltagon. <laughs> Always important to. <laughs> Make sure everyone knows that. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> it's a delight to introduce people to I, that fact. <laughs> I think I might have said it in the Marvel Snapchat at some point. Um, but yeah, I think it was like during the War of the Kings or whatever that was called. Uh, yeah, Where they went to space. Yeah, because that's also where Vulcan sort of dies, doesn't die. 
Yeah, I was does. pretty checked out of comics when that was going on, so... Yeah, I, d- I don't know what the deal is with it, really. But I... Like, Romeo does imply that there are just Inhumans left on Earth as well, because, I mean, after the Terrigen cloud went around, there was just Inhumans everywhere, in the same way that there are just mutants everywhere, and I assume some of them just stuck around and didn't want to go to space (laughs) to live, live on a weird city somewhere, like... Like, Romeo being there makes me think that we might get some more Inhuman content with Miss Marvel, but maybe I'm being optimistic. And we get uh, everyone teleporting away. Yeah, Lourdes teleports them all out of there. Um, Into the basement of the building where Emma has a bunch of secret uh, uh, gates that they're going to try and use. Uh, I believe this is the basement of the Hellfire Club. These are also two pages in the Hellfire Club that are very clearly Matthew Wilson's colors. Um, it it just <laughs> looks extremely like two pages from Wicked. Yeah, you're right. It's good and stuff. Just, I'm I'm just like so happy to see Chris Anka art always. Oh, so. of course. Uh, his 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 large Emma on the previous page is brilliant. Gambit's got such a good look here. I wish we got like a like a two page spread of Gambit. <laughs> we we've get we get part of one panel. <laughs> it's just slutty Gambit. Slutty Gambit. <laughs> that's that's what I I want to open the book and there to be a poster that falls out of slutty Gambit. Yeah, it is nice how many of the men are just like wearing jackets and. <laughs> If you're, Nothing underneath. If your nips aren't out, you're doing it wrong at the Hellfire Gala. Well, the nips Although, are covered. Gambits are covered. Oh, I was thinking about... I stopped looking at Gambit and I, I started think, looking at Dak. I think Forge also had, like, cleavage but no nips. Uh, <laughs> we, I, 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 I love how uh, Emma, like, even at her lowest moment, like, even being... First being extremely angry and then sad over Lord is dying. She still has perfect hair. Of course. Also, Lourdes, Lourdes hair, whatever's going on inside the hood, looks really... I don't know if it's hair or if it's a design within the hood, but it looks really cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's supposed to be her hair and then maybe, like, rings. Yeah. Like, put throughout it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like, good sacrifice to get everyone out. Hmm. And presumably this little cast of characters is what the mainline X-Men book is going to be following. I think so. Which... Well, I think some of them are going to split off, because... Well, some of them are going to go be Uncanny Avengers. Well, uh, I think this is a good time for my theory about what's going to happen in the X-Men. My brain genius... Brain genius theory. I'm just scrolling up to it in my notes. (laughs) So, uh, all of a, a few of the mutants that died that were elected have an interesting relationship with death. Uh, it was pointed out a lot online that Dazzler has a special power that when she is specifically murdered, she can come back from the dead, and that that came up in uh, a Chris Claremont Excalibur. Excal- it came up in a Chris Claremont Excalibur book at one point. Um, Sorry, which character was that you cut out exactly when you said the name? Oh, Dazzler. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 
there's a there's a point in Cable where he says that Cannonball is the next at external, which are the <laughs> yeah. mutants that can be immortal. He is also killed at that point, and famously, everyone loved when Jubilee was a vampire, another form of being undead. And so I think that um, this is like a little more. I think the the mutants' relationship with evolution in this book. I think there's an interesting place to explore um, individual life's relationship to survival here in a metaphysical way a bit, and maybe the mutants' like real thing that makes them evolved is not them having superpowers, but it's like their ability to bring themselves back from the dead, like the externals do, but maybe in a more refined way and so i think there is an interesting place here for those five mutants that killed themselves that were all supposed to be on the team to bring themselves back from the dead like deadpool can do like wolverine can do kind of you know like do i think that's maybe too convenient for the story absolutely but i think i think maybe there's something there in a more like um wiggly space for storytelling where it's like less narrative and more emotionally driven could it could bring something very interesting there if they want to go that route it is like they're we're they're going to have to figure out a way to do resurrection without the five and the x-men has always been about well it's it has become about people coming back. People, X Men don't stay dead. Yeah, there's it all the, ties the 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 arc. There's an arc the in X Factor, an arc in X Factor where like Banshee dies and Siren just like refuses to mourn or anything because she's like he's an X Men he'll be back. Like there's no point. I think that is kind of and obviously Krakoa the Krakoa era has been the sort of evolution of that of saying okay we're, we're just not going to worry about it anymore we we all know they're going to come back so let's just make it like an actual fact and it's definitely going to be part of this is how do we get people back because we know we can get them back um and like building back up a team building back up the resistance as it is here uh slowly hopefully getting people back who have been lost like that's going to be interesting to see how they get through all of that um and also just like they there's a lot of stuff that just hasn't mattered in Krakoa injuries don't matter like I think it's kind of um, get we're right at the end here but like I think it's kind of a statement of intent that Emma breaks her nose and then in Invincible Iron Man still has a broken nose mm. like that that like there was no such thing as injuries for the past like four years or whatever of x-men because you could just go to the healing gardens and everything would be fixed or they had four different like omega or near omega level healers that could just sort you out or you could just die and come back to life um and again sort of getting into been reading Claremont X-Men and there there's been like 
10 issues in a row where uh, Banshee can't use a scream because he used it too hard. And every single issue, they're like, and remember, he he can't use a screen because he, he used it too hard back, uh, back in issue 119 or whatever. Yeah, and... that's the thing Claremont does a few times. Like, that's that's I haven't quite gotten to there yet, but that's what leads into the Outback era is after, like, the initial Mutant Massacre, this comic being the mute, new Mutant Massacre, um, like, Colossus is is really beat up, and someone else is really beat up, and they go and hide in Australia while they, they can heal. Yeah, I think it's, like, it has been really cool having these stories where they're dealing with completely different stuff, but it's also very cool to be back to a place where, like, Emma's going to have a broken nose for the next, well... Until she starts arranging the marriage and then she can probably, you know, go get some nose <laughs> surgery or something. But, uh, like, people will hopefully have to sort of deal with consequences, <laughs> to put it simply. Like, mm. things things that happen... I mean, obviously things that happen matter, but, you know, physical... Uh, yeah, a big part of... Um, stuff will matter. X-Men Red also has been uh, reintroducing... Uh, like death to mutants and things like that and a large part of what people have been saying like as in people within the comic books have been saying around Arako and Krakoa is that Arako is necessary for what comes next um so like again I my my hope is we see more Arako and more Krakoa mutants on Arako um, yeah, really hope. Adjusting S- some to, people went through the right gates. <laughs> yeah, adjusting to like this new way of life, which has sort of been building up adjacent to them. Yeah, I think we should talk through the last few beats of yes, this issue, yes. and then we can do more speculation. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I mean, we're we're very of... much at the end, so. Yeah, Firestar is accepted as an Orcus mole. And we see a uh, beaten up juggernaut who looks dead, but may not be, probably isn't. <laughs> yeah, and then Rogue, well, Emma, Emma walks into the gate and... Well, they uh, all teleport back herself. to being in the basement of the Hellfire Gala, of the tower. Um... Where no, Emma... this no, this is in. Oh, is this, this is still in, in the. Oh my god, I keep making this up. I got, I got yeah, a cotton my because it's in and out of the me. old Hellfire Club. So they go to a um, room full of gates, and Emma walks into a gate and breaks her nose. And yeah, Kitty she's being... trying to go back to the gala to fight, basically. Yes, and Kitty's such a supportive friend that she catches the blood from Emma's nosebleed in her hands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this this little sequence is almost like exactly what the sequence was for when Kitty first couldn't go through the gates. Except no one caught her blood. No one caught her blood. Emma just stood there. She doesn't care. (laughs) And was she even there? I don't think she was. I don't think think she was. was Bobby and Storm. I looked at it earlier this week. I don't don't remember specifically. Um, But yeah, so no one can go through the gate except for Kitty, which is revealed at the very end, but we can just say it yeah. here, I think. It's a little post credits um, thing. Kate falls Kitty through the gate. Kitty is the only one 
who can use the gate, and she falls specifically into the um, into uh, the spot in Israel. Um, in Jerusalem. Yes. And, and she's in the, the like, she's in the pose where, uh, where you get in when you have a controversial movie take. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is pointing their guns. She's kind of smirking. Yeah. She does yeah, so much epic DreamWorks face. <laughs> yeah, what's a, what's a, an X-Men take that has people, uh, do it like this? Oh, they gotta be doing that already. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, and I've been in X spoilers a bunch this week. I've been eating up the toxicity; it's been feeding me. Um, but yeah, so and that is, of course, where um, in Hoxpox Magneto gives his speech: uh, "We are your new gods now." Yes. Um, so it does. It all ties together. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, uh, back at the gala, the. The or- Orcus betrays their word shockingly, shocking no one except for Charles. Yes. They're all, all of the mutants that went through the gates are missing. We do not know where they are. Yeah, Ro- Rogue comes and saves Charles, and then he has that, after after the Irish ambassador has been killed, which, you know, is very, very sad. Who's <laughs> um, a real guy in the real world. He's the only real person in this issue to pop up. Yeah. It's Declan Shalvey, who's just a, an artist at Marvel. <laughs> There's actually kind of like a surprising amount of Irish people working at Marvel. Or like, there's like Declan Shalvey, Trina Farrell, uh, Derek Landy, mm. who, who you may know from writing Skullduggery. I was going to say, yes. yeah. <laughs> I met um, him once. I think, Not to tangent. I think Darren, <laughs> I think Darren Chan, who's also a author he has had some involvement with the with marvel i can't remember exactly what it is mm. but and of course you know banshee siren black tom yeah uh, the, the real yeah. people who work but, at marvel <laughs> yeah, legion yeah, the actors legion um, moira moira is scottish, scottish, scottish as well yeah. quite, quite different oh i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> important his mom's not even from scotland either isn't, she, isn't no. his mom from israel and then she yeah. he grew up in Scotland, so he's like he doesn't count as a Scottish well, person. He, 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 you he know, does. he is I'm, like I, culturally Scottish. Yeah. I'm sorry, I stepped in it. This is not my world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Rogue yeah. obliterates um, slasher film Moira's about Moira's to body, Charles. flies Charles away. Uh, she says that oh, she's going to bring him. It. to... Does it look like Moira is literally just using a kitchen knife? Yeah, because <laughs> it does to me. <laughs> it seems like yeah, she's just like picked a... up the nearest knife. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's like I mean, beautiful Pepelara's art here. Some great yes, work with shadows and light. Uh, and Mo- Moira just like looks like from like a like a seventies like slasher movie thing. Like the way she's holding the knife. Literally, I'm only realizing now that Rogue like smashes Moira entirely. I just thought that was like rubble. I didn't realize <laughs> that's, that's the that... pieces of Moira. <laughs> yeah, that's but she good. doesn't get her head, so I think Moira's gonna be fine. Oh yeah, she's oh, still shouting. She, she, stop yeah, her. she's still talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she also very uh, crucially, she also buys that Firestar was a traitor. Yes, they all do. They all buy it. Nimrod, it takes him a second, but he's on board. Um, 
Rogue says she's going to fly them to Captain America, and he is forming a new Unity Squad, which is going to be our Uncanny Avengers series. Uh, But Charles rejects that, says fly him to his island instead, um, and he throws his helmet into the waves of the shore and says they're all dead, all dead, and I killed them. Um, now leave me and go avenge them. And there's like a, a little thing that says the, the Pacific Archipelago of Krakoa population one. Yeah. Which. And a great, like, surely, surely it's like four or five because Doug and Mr. Yeah. Sinister and whoever's in the pit. It's um, in the pit. It's just, uh, uh, the, the Nazi couple that are oh siblings. Oh my god, yeah, it's them too. Yeah. I can't even remember their name. Uh, I said it Fenris. earlier this episode. Fenris, are, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, those are their names. Um, it, and Mr. Sinister in the pit, and then Doug was swallowed by um, Krakoa as well, and uh, Manifold is hidden somewhere in there. So there's a couple more, but like I think to Charles's knowledge, like I guess he, I guess like he forgot about Doug, because like he, I I buy yeah, him not considering people in the pit, like people thrown into the pit, like he doesn't consider uh, Mister Sinister as like population of Krakoa, but yeah. I mean, I posted it, it in is the also, it's just, box. It's, um, it's chat, for the moment. Or I posted the a screenshot from the Hawksbox chat, or Hox. What the fuck am I saying? I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I posted. A photo from Hawksbox in our chat. Yes, okay, that, that makes sense. Uh, was uh, Doug saying something about how the professor left him uh, to hang out with his girlfriend in space and he died? <laughs> so, what's the worst gonna happen? The island's gonna swallow him? And then he do- <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it was all set up from the beginning. This yeah. one panel of Charles screaming also this is kind of like a minor art thing, but like I think in a lot of like Krakoa art of Xavier, it's so hard to tell how old he's supposed to be. Like, sometimes he just looks really young. Uh, like, in a way that, like, it wasn't true for Magneto. Like, Magneto always looked like an, uh, an elderly gentleman. But, like, in this one panel where he's screaming, I think, like, you can finally see his age. Like, he looks like an old, broken man. Banshee and Charles are supposed to be the same age. They established that in, like, the Claremont era. That's why. That a couple times. <laughs> Uh, I maybe like a couple years younger, but they're supposed to be about the same age. Like I think Charles is supposed to be like fresh bald mm-hmm. when he when he starts the X Men. He looks way older in like the Claremont issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, to to overanalyze what could just be an artistic choice, the contrast between especially Charles in the Krakoa era, where he quite often looks very fresh, young, and rejuvenated. Uh, and Magneto, who looks like Magneto, an old man, um, can to some extent be looked at as Magneto cares not how the rest of the world views him, he cares how his people view him, and Charles cares so, so much about how literally everyone looks at him all the time and wants to look fresh and young and not old. Um, as he presents himself as the face of this new mutant nation and all of that. Um, but also, like, it's it's comics and ages get really weird. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. Um, 
So I do want to go back to what I was saying earlier about like the like immortal conversation, like whether or not the mutants are going to end up being immortal. We see on the cover, and covers don't mean anything, of uh of Miss Marvel, the new mutant, uh number three, that Jubilee is there. Um so I think we're gonna get Jubilee oh, back yeah. oh. soon. <laughs> And oh, we're also next yeah, week. Let's... We're getting uh, Astonishing Iceman number one. So yeah, let's go over the the previews. He's gonna of be who back. we know is coming back, which is Iceman. He's going to be back next week. Um, well, I- Iceman's kind of unkillable, so like that. Yeah. Well, we'll like that one's fine, as so long as there's like a single like piece of ice at all. So like he. As long as he melted, but he's, he probably just had an ice clone off somewhere uh-huh. else or something. Melted, but it's fine. Jean is the phoenix, yeah. so she'll be back soon. Yeah, Jean's got a miniseries. And... Jean's got a miniseries, but from, like, I'm looking at what the concept of it is supposed to be, and it's, like, somehow seems to be, like, going through her life. Uh... Yeah, the the Storm miniseries that just wrapped up was... Uh, took place in the 90s and oh, i think is it one uh, of the ones where it's like i think this one's gonna be different though like i feel like this one is gonna tie out to so the uh, where the fuck do i, I have the both, tab open where they both the gene and iceman one are supposed to be different i believe though. yeah because i yeah. think it'll be you know gene gene coming back in some way possibly with the phoenix or possibly i don't know she hopefully there's some white hot room content we'll find out what's if if they're pissed about Mysterium. The official description for Jean Grey is, uh, after the events of the Hellfire Gala, Jean's life is in shambles. <laughs> That's a very mild well, way they, of putting the, that. Uh, yeah, the preview was out a few months yeah. ago, so they have uh, to be... Muted Kite is dire straits, and there's nothing this founding X-Men can do. She'll have to save herself first. And that means looking into her past for the moment when it all went wrong in a desperate attempt to save her and all of Krakoa's future. So, that's gonna be interesting. It's Louis Simonson coming back, who is, like, X-Men royalty. Uh, she was, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've actually read anything by her. Yeah, but, she's, like, uh, one of those names I'll, where i I know so she wrote I'm a ton of X stuff. I don't know if if they're any good. <laughs> like, I, I, I've never heard anyone, like, say, like, a Louis Simonson comic be, like, their favorite. Like, I think it was probably overshadowed by... Uh, Claremont at the time, like she wrote X Factor, why Claremont wrote um, X Men. Uh, and then she took over New Mutants I, after I've, Claremont. I've definitely seen seen people who are really like X Factor, yeah. like her run on X Factor. So yeah, she also yeah. created Apocalypse. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, I was just looking at the other titles, so we have. Uh, before we do that, do we want to maybe do Invincible Iron Man real quick? If we have any thoughts about uh, that book, Emma is in it. We've, we've, uh, it takes place after the Hellfire Gala, so she has her broken nose. Um, uh, Emma and Kingpin are doing some signing something, which is probably important. We'll find out what that is at some point. Uh, I don't really, like, yeah, it's, uh, uh, Tony rescues Emma, and they're linked now. 
I read else? all of Invincible Iron Man this week to just like see if I was missing anything, and I don't feel like I was. They're redoing the yeah, Armor Wars were. again. Like, um, I mean, it's... and it's great when Emma's on the screen, and otherwise, I kind of don't care. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's like you know, it's it's made in a way where you like see more orchestra stuff happening, but like you don't really. Because, you know, I, I have to assume a lot of people who read X-Men won't read Iron Man or won't have read Iron Man up to that point. Uh, maybe they will now that uh, that he's the Black King. Uh, or he's gonna be. Or after the wedding happens, like the wedding, like, double issue, where, like, there's the Lucas Warnick cover where, like, both issues have half of the cover. So I think that's probably going to be, like, a push for pe- for ex-readers to start picking up that is- that that series. Um, yeah. My, when I went to buy the Hellfire Gala, I was looking for it, and I couldn't find it on the shelf, and I picked up Invincible Iron Man, and the guy who runs the shop yelled from across the store, Yeah, you want that one. <laughs> you do. Take it. Invincible Iron Man. And he could tell what it was, even though he was like, I literally, I shit you not, like 50 feet from me, he could tell which book it was. I was very impressed. That's so funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so new titles. What are we excited for? What do we want to talk about? Well, next uh, week we have uh, X Men 25 and Astonishing Iceman number one. X Men 25, I'm looking forward to. Uh, the cover is... is very cool. It's uh, Kitty Pride in a ninja outfit venting sus. Yeah, Shadow Cat with yeah. a K. Yeah, she's Shadow Cat again. Yeah. Gone Kate Pride. And I think, as Janos has said as well, like he does a he does a really good Kate Pride. I'm yeah. I think this uh, this reset or th- this sets the status quo for like Jerry Duggan specific. I mean, he wrote the issue obviously, but like yeah, he sets himself up for like how do I put it? The focus for what the main X-Men book is gonna be is, I think, a lot more interesting than what it was, like, up to this point. Like, I think he finally, like, carved a space where it's gonna be really interesting what happens in the main X-Book. Yeah, as we said previously, like, it's probably gonna focus on this resistance uh, that they have gathered here. Uh, Obviously, the Emma Frost wedding is gonna be one of the issues, so... He also does a good Emma. Yeah, um, great Emma. Yeah, so we have X-Men 25, Astonishing Iceman. Um, I've got no Children idea what to vaults. expect from Astonishing Iceman. There's a, like, the description for issue one says something about, like, Iceman's, like, Antarctic Ice Palace. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I I have probably seen, but I don't know what the deal, I don't remember what the deal is with that, or what's going on there so cool let's go see his ice palace it's it's steve um, orlando so i think it could be anything we we could yeah. get anything from this yeah i, I yeah i really don't know what to expect. i'm looking forward to it but it's gonna be uh, that's that's one of the biggest question marks for me if, what, what like an, an an iceman solo type title can do like Base, based on what's happened at the Hellfire Gala, and based on what this preview says, that that's, as a new situation develops that links Iceman to his Antarctic Ice Palace, uh, 
my 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 theory right now is that he's gonna like become his ice palace in some kind of way in order to survive okay that sounds um, like some steve orlando bullshit it, it seems like something steve orlando would do um <laughs> and i think it, it's it's at least a new concept for Iceman. uh and even if it's not that which who knows it should be interesting to see what it actually is. Uh, and like in this issue, and uh, feel like recently there has been a few bits of like Iceman being, because it's always been the thing that like he's an Omega mutant and he's one of the most powerful mutants and he's never really lived up to it or gotten big big moments in the same way that a lot of other ones do. So I'm interested to see if like how he will be using his powers as part of presumably part of this like mutant resistance sort of thing um whether he can is he just like sticking out icebergs for orcus orcus ships to crash into or something or what what he's going to be doing i'm excited about it i think um i love Iceman. i especially since the marauders um the first two marauders runs in the Krakoan era like he's so good in that like i can't wait to get more of him oh also i just there's the issue after dark phoenix there's like a recap thing of a bunch of stories and they have like the bit where gene first shows up at the school and beasts uh, angel and cyclops are all like wow a girl <laughs> and bobby just turns away and goes a girl who cares <laughs> and it's like oh yeah that's that's a representation <laughs> yeah they... and then after uh those two the week after we will have immortal x-men 14 children of the vault and Ghost Rider slash Wolverine weapons we'll see of vengeance. If that's... Maybe, Ghost Rider slash maybe that'll Wolverine happen. weapons of vengeance alpha number one. That's the that's such yeah. a convoluted long title. <laughs> that's more of a mouthful than uh, Miss Marvel the New Mutant. Oh for yeah, sure. yeah. I I do think you know vengeance is uh, a thing that the mutants are going to be pretty interested in right now. So it could be tying directly into the fall, or it could just be like. Ghost Rider and Wolverine doing an adventure. Yeah, it has like I I honestly but, think it's gonna be Ghost Rider and Wolverine go on an adventure. I oh. think so. <laughs> Probably. I think so. Ben- Benjamin Percy also writes the Ghost current Ghost Rider run. Uh yeah. and it has here at the uh Krakoa is for So it has this like Krakoa is for all mutants thing, but it's like f- smashed on the top. And then it lists the upcoming issues, and it also lists Ghost Rider number 17. So I don't know if that's going to become an X-Book, or if there's just... just I think I think it's more likely that it's going to be like a short like crossover between the Wolverine and the Ghost Rider titles, because Benjamin Percy yes. is writing both. Uh, also, a thing that's um, always worth remembering is that Wolverine and uh, X-Force are the two best-selling books of the Krakoa line. Like... In yeah, terms Benjamin of the Percy can comics. do what he wants. So, um, which is wild to yeah. me, but that's 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 just how it is. I mean, Wolverine—it's just a popular character. Like Wolverine is popular. Yeah. Deadpool is popular. Like, um, I'm interested to see what exactly Children of the Vault is going to be because, it's like, a if... Bishop Cable—it's a Bishop Cable book. Yeah, but it's also 
the vaults like isn't being sealed by mutants anymore can they get out now is this bishop and cable being sent into the vault um what's going on sort of it says in the description for the first book that uh cable is in uh, captured by orcus so i think we're gonna get a little more information about that i think we saw is that, that kid too cable? in a book at one yeah, point so. yeah kid cable got frozen well, on the on the cover, it's old man Cable. Oh, you would think he would be on Mars. And then yes. in the preview image that you see at the end of um, Bishop's War College, and maybe the book has gone in a different direction since then. Um, you do see like Bishop with a team of like young uh, black mutants. Uh, so I I don't know how they'll pull that off with what just happened though. So I think it's probably shifted since then. Yeah. Um, this is apparently the, yeah. the the writer of this. Uh, Dennis Camp has written an image comic called 20th Century Man, but this is his first viral comic, so I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, I haven't haven't read um, that one. I I <clears throat> don't know this comic. Uh, I don't know the Children of the Vault doesn't strike me as like it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care I don't about. Have, like, yeah, I it's was not interested. on top of. Yeah, on my interest priorities. Like, I'm not like. Yeah, I can't wait to read Children of the World. But maybe it's gonna surprise us. I think it has a lot of potential. The Children of the Vault kind of work as a good monster of the week right now. Um, like when Forge went in there, that was really interesting. But it was mostly interesting because of like Forge's personal stuff that was going on, less so the vault stuff to me and then it was interesting when uh sink and talon and morph were in there or not morph it's um darwin Darwin. and darwin are in there um but like that was interesting to me because of those three characters because i think all three of those those characters are interesting um and i do hope we get darwin is darwin gonna show back up because, like, I think he's still alive in the vault. <laughs> yeah, or he's, like, in the in the software or something in the vault. Yeah, they used so, yeah. him in some weird way. Um, so we'll get we'll see. some of him. I'm excited about that. I love Darwin. I think he's cool. Children of the Vault has the most potential to explore the whole, like, post-human ideas that popped up for the first time in Powers of X. Uh, and I and I powers of ten even sorry, uh, and I really hope never apologize for that. <laughs> I really hope we get some some good post human stuff, especially because we've also got like two time travel characters. So some of that some of that like looking into the far future stuff, I think could be. Really yeah, there's good. a line in the description about uh these these characters have competing ideas about the future and i think that is in regards to cable bishop and the children of the vault and yeah. not just like our heroes i'm i'm hoping we get to see some of those competing ideas of the future as well yep um, um and then we just have immortal X hell yeah 14, hell yeah be, it's kind <laughs> of like go. De- depression charles like oh, it's hopefully be... we get some Doug in it. Like I want to, I want to know what's happening with Doug. I Save like my we, boy. I feel like we get won't. him free. Like I think it's gonna be well, early. Probably not. I don't know. I, I feel like that's gonna be too quick. To like, I feel like Doug is gonna be away for a while. I'm just so I just want him back. I like. 
I just got to the part in New Mutants where Doug has joined the team, so it's like I'm I'm brimming with Doug right now. Give me more Doug. I'm okay with waiting a bit. Uh, <laughs> the, the what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, it has like it looks like it's gonna be a Charles POV issue, which is interesting because we haven't really gotten like the first Charles POV issue was a bit of a fake out because it was uh, sinisterized Charles, so we were like. Not sure how much we actually got into his head, how much of those thoughts were his. Uh, it's gonna be... I'm really excited for that one. Like, now that we know what happens to him at the Hellfire Gala, it seems like it's gonna pick up just where this ends with him, like, on the beach. Um, that's what that's what his, his... Like, on the cover, is still on the beach, so... Um, I think... Uh... Kieran Gillen's very good at writing big tragic moments and like mm. large scale tragedy and stuff like that. It's a large focus in the wicked and the divine and uh, a lot of the other stuff he writes. So uh, he's he's an enjoyer of dark moments and this looks like it's going to be a real dark moment for Charles. And I I I hope I hope they go I hope they go all out. <laughs> in in just how sad this man is going to be. I would love to see that. And just like how much he'll be beating himself up and blaming himself correctly, because he is to blame. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm incredibly it, interested but... in a Charles that can uh change. Cause we've I don't think that's ever been done well. I don't think Charles's perspective has ever been changed well in a permanent way. You know, it's arguably he's the closest still thing very is much Krakoa. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him compromising on his dream for Krakoa is very much like the the biggest change he's had in the past year. Right, yeah. Um, this also. So, if it is a Charles POV issue, things I'm hoping for are uh, potentially a delve back into like, um. The, the times that Charles has sent X-Men to Krakoa. It's the start of Giant Size X-Men. It's a thing that's been retconned and shifted around a lot to include like more and more heinous acts by Charles in the run-up to it. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of ground there. That you, There's a lot I think you can get out of Charles alone on an empty Krakoa. And I look forward to seeing it. There's also, Krakoa doesn't have thousands of mutants to take a tiny bit of energy from anymore. Oh, it only has one point. mutant oh, to take. Oh, shit. <laughs> to, like, that could be the a focus of the issue, is how how does Krakoa survive now? Which I just hadn't thought about until now. Uh, does Krakoa feed on Charles? Does Charles bring someone else here to for Krakoa to feed on. Krakoa has to eat, like, two mutants a year, I think, to live. If they're not all out there. I think that's what it says in Hawk's box. Well, hopefully it filled up before, <laughs> uh, before the gala. Krakoa is um, just saving Doug for to be a snack, because he knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> Do we have much more to say? Uh, been going a while. <laughs> I think we ended up combining some of the things on our our docket um, there, like our predictions and what we're what's coming next. We've already talked about, so 
Yeah. Do we want? Does anyone have any books there that are not X Men they want to shout out that they've been reading or anything else? So I uh, I picked up the first issue of Fish Flies by Jeff Lemire. It's uh, this story set in rural Canada uh, with uh, you know some surprising shocks and turns. It's uh, it comes from the concept of there being like a day in Canada where fish flies comes out that is really gross insects that die immediately and you have to if you step on them that make it makes a gross crunchy noise uh, there's a bunch of kids going out one of them crosses over uh, the fish flies and that spins into a horrific tale <laughs> uh, it's just really good in the comics um it's in these giant size issues that are kind of like mini trade paperbacks, uh, very nicely bound. Uh, and it's, it just has a really good, like for like being a really long issue, it's not like, you know, in the Hellfire Gala, Gala, there were like a lot of these bits where it was like the Miss Marvel stuff at the beginning that kind of doesn't relate to the rest of the comic that much. Uh, and Fishflies just has like, really good flow where it doesn't feel like you're reading like a 60 something page comic or it doesn't feel like you're reading three issues it's just it just yeah you just kind of breeze through it it's um, really good indie comics as as well as not just you know the, the standard not giving money to the big corporations but also they tend to be better for the consumer especially in terms of like getting paper comics so and that money go goes like right to comic. the creator most of the time, like, as opposed to, like, most of the money being taken by that big company. Yeah. Um, well, make me feel bad about what I was going to recommend, which is uh, <laughs> the current run of She-Hulk just ended, but it's going to relaunch in, like, a month as Sensational She-Hulk with the same creative team. But whatever. It's uh, it's really good. Rainbow Roll, uh, who did Runaways. Ooh, I love um, Rainbow Roll. Uh, and it's just really good, lovely art, and like She-Hulk having f- fun adventures and romance, and it's great. Um, check it out, and then check out Sensational She-Hulk, which I just don't understand why it's relaunching, but you know, that's how comics are. <laughs> yeah. It's dumb. The, the um, second the books start dropping off sales, they just jump back to a number one, whether or not the story calls for I know, it or not. Yeah. yeah. It did, like, this, the, like, 15 issues that are out had, like, a a full arc and, like, conclusion to them as well. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm sure there will be a sort of new sort of star- story arc starting up, but... Holly, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, my uh, I I will have three quick shout outs. One is going to be the shout out to Nick for editing this for us and making uh, it sound <laughs> better than it does when we record it, uh, and and cutting out um, presumably a lot of us just saying yes and nodding to Sometimes each other I when feel we say mean things. Doing it to be honest, so thank you for thanking me because like I'll take out like yeses and i'll be like wow that was a lot of kiwi yeses in a row am i like stomping on what kiwi is saying <laughs> and then i'm like no I don't no, think so. no think about the math if i keep kept track 99 percent of the yeses would just be coming from me and so it's just easy to cut myself out <laughs> um second i'd like to shout out the barbie movie uh it's genuinely one of the funniest films i've seen this year 
Um, people are talking about it like in very weird terms, but it's a very funny film that I think if you want to see a funny film, you should go see. Uh, and then third, I will shout out Giant Days. It's an independent comic by John Allison. Um, it's a slice of life little comic uh, that just follows three students at university. Um, it's very funny, very lovely. It's got great art from the artists. Uh, and uh, it's it's all out. It finished in 2019, but it's, uh, it's well worth your time. Um, Giant Days is fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it's, it even takes place at the university I went to. Oh uh, really? That's that's very cool. Yeah. Um <laughs> I have a few volumes of it, but they're in a different room. <laughs> I think I'm going to shout out a webcomic. It's called uh, Rodney R. Rodney, and it's by V. Bryant or uh Violaine Bryant. Um and uh it's about like this guy who has the vibes of a slasher villain in real life but he's actually really nice and the webcomic initially just started out as a few uh uh strips like with this character because it's just like a simple funny concept but now it's started to evolve uh beyond that into like an actual kind of slasher story with um like these tropes being introduced as other characters and you see a lot of like interesting things of like what types of people would would react to this man who's genuinely nice but incredibly off-putting um in positive ways versus negative ways and and it's like an interesting take on uh just like judgment in like a broad sense um and it's very funny violine bryant is like incredible artist um and uh she's got a really good good knack for comedic timing yeah sounds cool yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, do we have, like, a sign-off? Yes. Okay, so, thank you for listening to Hated and Feared. Uh, please rate us on, specifically, iTunes with a description and your rating, lazy pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, we have been stealing Caroline Polachek's Welcome to My Island as our theme song after the events of today. I don't Thank know you, if Caroline. we can keep using it, though. Um... <laughs> The other hosts of this podcast are Holly, Janos, and Kiwi. Do any of you have places you want people to find you online? No. No, no. no. <laughs> Honestly, this week I don't either. I've been Nick, um, and... In, in, until next time, yeah. um, Red Triangle Resist font. Resist. <laughs> Resist. Resist. We live like life.